0: hey 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 charisma here welcome back to charisma daily today we're going to be getting into part two of the andrew tate and candace owens interview part two we're gonna wrap that up today in just a sec let's go Now, if you just in case you missed part one, part one, I did a day before yesterday, I had to skip because I had a death in the family. So today I'm resuming that the interview and uh, completing that today, the second part of it. So you should go back and watch part one. And the premise of sort of reacting to this and sort of looking at it more from a perspective of, of a masterclass, coming away with with the nuggets of wisdom and the takeaways from the conversation between Andrew Tate and Candace Owings. And I came away with at least 30 or so close to 30 or so takeaways that, you know, that we got that I got from the conversation, as well as things that you can apply to your life as a man. All right, so let's jump into part two.
1: That's a really good question, and I can answer that one easily. I
0: back think back. that
1: I gave you everything you liked and he's trying to use a logical or an emotional, well, he's trying to use an emotional argument.
0: So I'm just going to go back just so just before I paused the last time so that you can sort of connect to where I left off.
1: But it ain't going to work because she doesn't respect him. He's trying to use a logical argument with her trying to understand why she treats him so badly after he completely and utterly complied. But humans are biological and she as a woman wanted him to be a man. She wanted him to have some degree of ber- ber- parameter and barrier. And if you don't put up any parameter or barrier as a man, what a woman's going to do is she's going to push you and push you and push you and push you. She's going to see how far she can push you. That's the reality of it. We can talk about any relationship, whether it's Mary and, uh, sorry, Harry and Meghan or any other relationship. If you're a full-grown man and you don't set parameters or set barriers, the woman's going to push you and push you and push you until she eventually finds one. And we can also, we can look at that in a romantic relationship, but also people. People in general, if you're going to give to a taker, they're going to take and take and take and take until you eventually say no. That's how humans work. So she was waiting for him on a biological level to stand up and be a man and say, listen, you've joined the royal family. You're right. You had to bow to the queen of England. Correct. Because it's the royal family. Get over it. That's what. all he had to do. He could have saved himself all this mess. He could have saved himself all the running away and looking like a fool and upcoming divorce and all this garbage if he would have just put his foot down. He never did. And she was trying to inspire in him the warrior. I think a woman sometimes tests a man to say, okay, how much will he put up with? Because they want to see, are you a man or not? What if a, what if a man's giving you shit? What will you do? They want to see if you're about it. And she was just testing him and he failed every time. And that's why he's tried to perma-please her. And now he's in a situation where he's asking her why, she, why she's unhappy when he's given her everything she wants. And she's unhappy because you gave her everything she wants because you're a punk.
2: Women don't want neutered men. They don't. Absolutely. Even if they Even if they personally neuter them themselves, it's not what they want in the end. So I'll ask the question, what do you think men want in women?
1: That's a really question. good question. And I can answer that one easily. I think that the masculine realm that we operate in is based on respect. I think that men are constantly looking for a way to be respected. I think the world is hyper-competitive and we're constantly always looking for status amongst our peers. This is why you will see a man give up his basically entire life to do something which will only gain him respect, even in a very small sphere. There are CEOs who go to work every day and don't even see their family and give up their entire life and work 12-hour days just to feel like the man in that office, feeling important In that one office, in that one skyscraper is worth him giving up his life because he feels like he matters. And if Mm. he gets more respect in that office than he does at home or anywhere else, that's where he's going to want to be. Men function on that. So if I had to build the ideal woman who could get any man on earth, what she would have to do is understand that I need to give my man as much status and as much respect as possible. I, by extension of him, being next to him, need to make him look respected. And a lot of this is the easy things we know. No one's going to respect a man who's with an ultra-promiscuous woman. No one's going to respect a man who's with a woman who's back-talking him or horrible to him in public. No one's going to respect a man who's with a woman who clearly isn't interested in him sexually, whatever. That's all the obvious part. But the hidden actual message behind all of it is that men are constantly looking for status and respect, and a woman who makes her man feel respected not only from her, but from his peers, is the kind of woman a man's never going to want to lose. Right. So if I had a woman and I came home with all five of my friends and she came in the house and said, came in the room, who's hungry? You don't want any food? It's not about food. I'm the G now. I'm the big boss. My <laughs> woman wants to feed all of us. Of, of the guys there, most of their chicks won't. We would never do that. That's respect. That's status for me. That elevates my status. So I think As a woman, if you truly, if you're watching this and you want to keep a man happy, you need to wake up and say, how can I improve the status of my man to his peers? How can Mm -hmm. I make him look more important to the world? And as long as you take that basic mental frame, you can extrapolate that out to anything. Your man is not going to feel high status and important if you've had a whole bunch of sexual partners Mm -hmm. because you're promiscuous. So obviously that's the downside. That's
0: That's true. Respect is key for a man, as, as he's stating, and also purity and fidelity is the top on their list. The research has shown that men value purity and fidelity as one of the top things that they look for in a partner, especially when they're, you know, men have their times where they want to sleep around with different women, but when they're coming to settle down with someone that they want to, you know, ask to be a wife or a long-term relationship, they fidelity and um, purity. Is top two things that are important
1: to them? No, he's not going to feel high status and important if you belittle him in front of his friends or you argue with him in front of his friends. He's not going to feel high status and important if you disagree with him on small minor issues about if he votes one way, just vote the same way. Like these small th- voting's not a small thing, but these things make the man look in charge. It increases his status. And that's what he's most interested in a woman. So that's what men are looking for. For the whole, that's the secret for the women who are out, <laughs> at home. They were going, men are hard to please. No, men are actually very simple to please. Make him feel important and make him look important. That's mm. it.
2: Since when did we decide to stop upholding free speech as a basic right? Obviously, everyone should have the right to express themselves freely. Sadly, the big tech monopoly has instead opted for silencing tactics and censorship. To fight back against big tech's control of the internet, I use ExpressVPN. Ever wondered how free-to-access tech companies can make all of their money? By tracking your searches, video history, and everything that you click on. By building a profile on you, and then they sell off all of your sensitive data. When you use ExpressVPN app on your computer or your phone, you anonymize much of your online presence by hiding your IP address. That makes your activity more difficult to trace and sell to advertisers. Protect your data today at expressvpn.com slash Candice. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Candace to get three months free. Visit expressvpn.com slash Candice to learn more. So both of us come from families. My parents are divorced. Your parents were divorced. Yep. I think your parents maybe lost a little longer than my parents. Not totally positive. What was your mother like? I don't think I've lear- learned anything about her.
1: Yeah. So I had a fantastic mom. She did what a mother was supposed to do i guess i was raised in a hyper i call it hyper traditional the modern world will call it mask we'll call it misogynistic household my father was in charge it was his household my mother was in charge of feeding us and clothing us and sending us to school and she did a fantastic job i think that as a boy as as a man i always want to emulate my father my father was a superhero so my mm-hmm. father instilled a lot of the mindset that I have, but my mother did a lot of the basic things that kept me alive, if, if that makes sense. Um, she was a fantastic mom and she's still alive today and I love her very much. One of the first things I did when I got rich was retire her completely. So she is one of the people I take care of and I'll take care of her for the rest of her life. And she did the absolute best she could. And uh, that's the reason we moved to England. They decided to get divorced and England has a, more, a better social care system. We, okay. had, no, we had no money. So uh, we got moved to England And I grew up in Luton, which is the worst town in England, in an area called Marsh Farm, which is the worst area (laughs) of the worst town. town. So it's like as bad as you can get, like the worst place you can possibly go. I think my school had a 4% pass rate or something ridiculously low. So I grew up in a really bad area. But my mother, yeah, she was fantastic. And she did the absolute best she could. And uh, she always loved my father to the end. But I think my father, in many ways, almost... There's certainly been a lot of circumstances where he sacrificed his marriage to raise us in a very particular way. Because mm-hmm. he he my mother and father would argue most over the raising of me and Tristan because my dad was so hard on us. Mm-hmm. But he said, Look, you boys are my legacy, you're more important than arguing with your mother. So I think that's actually why they broke up because he was so hard on us. Mm-hmm. But um, I thank him for it. So yeah, but I I I don't wanna I don't wanna disrespect my mother, my mother by saying there isn't much more to say besides the fact she was a very nice, very loving, very attentive mother. That's what she did. Mm-hmm. And, but my dad was always my superhero. And right. I, I, I don't and, know what else to say. My dad was my superhero. I
2: see it now. My son's only two and he just, he's now toddler terrorist, wakes up every day, wants to go to war. I don't want to go to war. I just want to love him. <laughs> yeah. And so he just, he is obsessed with my husband. I mean, forget it. The second my husband walks the door, it's like, I don't even exist. Right. Yeah. Forget the fact that I held him for 10 months. It just, <laughs> I don't exist, but unless he's sick yeah oh yeah, yeah oh then it's like totally mommy mommy, mommy. oh completely I'm like, yeah. oh okay okay so when you want to go to war all day and you're feeling great it's like dad he literally just wants to fight him he just he goes up and he hits him and he wants him to be thrown around and i don't want to do it i'm like you're yeah. kind of big yeah. i don't want to toss you around go find your father yeah. um so there actually is a natural proclivity that goes on there too where like in the way he acts when a man walks through the door any man by the way yeah. he he my son wants their attention he, you can see that he seeks their approval at the age yeah. of two he wants to be he'll cry in front of the girls you know yeah. uh, well it's me it's my assistant if it's girls he's putting on then when the guys are there he's much more he instantly Brief. stops the crying and stops the tears so it's, it's so interesting to watch that and examine that with just a two-year-old so well that's biological about- right this is yeah. how we
1: charge at the gunfire this is
0: how men charge at the gunfire because this is how men were created that masculine side of them they want to be brave in front of other men well whether he's two or or 10 or 25 he wants to show that he is brave uh, because he sees that even though he may be a little child, it's, he knows, he recognized the difference and it's biological. So he understands.
1: Because we want the respect of our peers. We will literally commit suicide for the respect of mm-hmm. our peers. Like it's something that's deep inside of us where it used to be, it mm-hmm. should be. Mm-hmm. They're trying to take it away from us. But how do you get men to go over the trench, over the line and charge at machine guns while well, you do it because everyone else is doing it and you don't want to be the only b- so you have to do it. And you have to die. Like, that doesn't make sense. Think about it logically. It doesn't make any sense logically, but it's something biological inside of all of us because we have this innate feeling of duty and honor and, and that's where the courage comes from. And they're trying to destroy that along with everything else. But you're right. This is how men biologically uh are designed to be and i was Mm -hmm. the same when i was young i remember looking at my dad just going you're a superhero and i want to be a superhero Mm -hmm. that's just how that's how it was so uh but yeah my mother's fantastic and i love her very much and she's very proud of me and she's very proud of how we were raised and she's so glad we were strong like even when we were in jail she was very concerned but she's like look i know that if anyone can do it you can do it and uh
2: Mm -hmm. yeah so do you want to be married Mm.
1: good question tough question i heard
2: that's the lover boy tactic we'll talk about that in a little bit but
1: and that's an interesting question because (laughs) younger me younger me would say no absolutely not and and the reason younger me would say no is because i would come up with all the arguments that there's no legal advantage really and the woman can wreck you and you can lose all of your things etc what's the point i don't want the government involved in my life all those kind of arguments but as i get older maybe i'm getting a bit softer maybe i do think sometimes you need to make a decision based purely on love and have the faith of of love and faith in your love enough to, th- to say, I don't care what the government's going to do about this. Cause I truly believe in us. And I think we're going to make it. Yeah. So you know, would I get married perhaps some point? Yes. In the future I might get married. Yeah. i w I'm not against marriage. Like I used to be, I used to be super against it. And I think that's because I grew up in a environment where everybody was divorced, everyone. Mm. So it's like, well, what's the point in this? Oh, wait. So I give her half my stuff and then what, what I don't, I didn't understand the whole point of it. But now I think if I met the right woman, perhaps yes.
2: Yeah, marriage is is good. Yeah, if it's it's the convert convert me. Yeah, if if it's the right person, you marry the right person. I'm saying this is someone who grew up with divorced parents. Um, well, they got they got divorced after I was out of the house, but it and this gets speaks to your earlier point about it either impacts you one way or the other. You either want marriage because your parents were divorced, you don't want marriage. I desperately wanted marriage, and I think the ways in which we both have grown. Yeah. Um, and the confidence that it gives you, I think there is something about people like, how do you do what you every day? Cause you cannot impact my life is so stable. The yeah. nucleus of our household is so stable and to be able to raise kids and have them see that example of the perfect yin and the yang. Yeah. There's something divine about it. There's something spiritual about it. It's why I won't accept you. I think you are actually a libertarian right now, and I won't accept you as a libertarian. I think you will not be one in a few years, if I had to make a prediction, I think you will lean towards conservatism because even in just the crack of you talking about Mm. the attack on masculinity, because first you say, Oh, well, if everyone wants to do what they want to do, if you guys all agree and you want to be homosexual, it's fine. But then we'll start to realize that, that libertarianism live and let live is what welcomes in through the door. I'm you know, very against every, every ill that homosexuality has brought. Yep. And again, these are two, these are consenting people yep, that are doing what they want to do. This is true. But look, evil is evil. Sin is sin. And we're, yesterday talking about homosexual marriage today we're talking about transing well it's such a
1: slippery slope this is the thing right you're completely right because the idea of live and let live was a fantastic one if it could actually operate without slippery slopes and descending into chaos and anarchy and it can't Mm -mm. so this is the difficult thing about it you get called a bigot for saying this is my line i don't agree with this and you're going to be called bigoted and you're going to be attacked but truthfully it's just understanding that like you're saying it's a slippery slope and it's unfortunate so what,
2: what is the slope that we want then okay then we should aspire towards heterosexual relationships you should aspire towards marriage which is this is this is the mold that i am selling all the time wouldn't have said this 10 years ago i was probably more libertarian when i first got into politics and oh what's the big deal if people want to do this to themselves yep. and then i realized no there there is a reason
1: yeah um no and you're completely right and the reason i gave that example is because i'm currently in a legal jeopardy where or a legal situation where people who have nothing to do with my life are trying to say that people were victims when they weren't when everyone was consenting and you're right i agree with you there i also think with the whole lgbt argument it's interesting because i will be honest and say i do think there is a difference between g and t i think they are different things of course they're massively different things however you're right. It's a shame. It's such a slippery slope where you can't just say to people live and let live because it's going to be hijacked and Trojan-horsed. And they're going to Trojan-horse it and they're going to inject something in it that destroys the lives of every single person on the planet. And they're going to try and do it. So you have to draw a hard line. You have to be a bigot. You have to never give an inch because if you give an inch, they take 10 miles. That's
2: more than 10 miles. Look at. I mean, look where
0: we're at. I mean, you're- fascinating fascinating um you know it's interesting to see that Andrew Tate's view on marriage has changed as he said before he was against marriage and now he's definitely leaning to to marry and settle down and and I'm I'm really happy to hear that and also you know when we come from a home where divorce was common like myself uh, the only marriage that I saw that actually lasted was my grandparents, and then they raised me. But my grand, my father's my, uh, marriage didn't last. My stepmom, and and then you know, there's other relatives' marriages hasn't last. I have gone through divorce as well. And but when I was growing up, I always said, Nah, I don't want to get married because of, I don't know, it just didn't seem like something. You know, expiring, even though my grandparents were together, when you look around and you see the other relatives and they're going through divorce and how nasty that can be. And it was just never something um, that I really had a strong desire for until I got older, Today, got, you know, in my teenage years, I really wanted to. Um, but later, like we're like 16, 17, I started really thinking about it. And yeah, you do change your view on marriage, especially people who are against marriage. It can change and vice versa. It can change either way. You you may want, you may grow up desiring to be married and then, you know, for whatever reason you change. But I think marriage is a good thing when two people come together and have that deep bond and commitment to build a life together and become a family and to you know it's 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 a totally different thing living together and being married are totally different things it's definitely different so yeah i'm i'm surprised and i'm really happy to hear his perspective has changed over time
2: And none of it makes any sense. and But it's, these are real evils that we're fighting today. <clears throat> and I think it's because we haven't put those firm lines in the sand and said, no, actually, there is such a thing as right and wrong.
1: Oh, well, this is the thing I love about, and this is where religion comes in, right? Because right. I used to be an atheist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you, exactly what you just said about there's something divine about marriage. And exactly like you said, there's such a thing as sin. Everything you're talking about is religious. You're completely correct. You eventually, if you're going to wake up and be the kind of person who has hard parameters and said, this is right, this is wrong, it's very difficult to do that without then turning and understanding that has to come from God. Who else is going to decide what is right and what is wrong? And people say, oh, well, they're all man-made religions. Well, then why does it go against so many of the w- wills of man? Some of the sins that man want to go and do, the religions are against. If we made a religion, a religion wouldn't be against our own sins, would it? Right. So. It's, it's, it's interesting that this is almost proof for God in so many ways when you're going to wake up and realize that there is genuine evil in the world and there's genuine good in the world and there are two sides and two camps. And I do believe that the good is on the side of truth and I do believe that comes from God. And there's many different ways to God. I think there is one God and there's different religions and I don't want to argue the, the differences to, between the religions because I think we have a lot more in common than we have, uh, especially in the fight against evil, than we have as differences. But yeah, it's super interesting and you're right firm lines are absolutely not really required. And, and if we don't have them, it's why societies end up in the position to send with so many subjective lines and your truth, my truth, the truth, or, and you're, and you're completely correct. It's not very often. I sit with somebody who I feel like says something and I feel corrected, but you're right. Live and let live is hijacked. Mm-hmm. It's hijacked. And it's unfortunate that me as a person now, especially, and I, I, maybe this is a personal, maybe this is more of a personal thing. Maybe there's more of a personality trait where I'm in the position I'm in, I'm saying what I believe is the truth and I'm out here trying to help people and I'm saying about the difficulties I went through in my life so others don't have to go through them, just as you said. But if somebody doesn't want to listen to me, Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, you don't want to listen to me, I don't care. You do what you want. But that live and let live mind frame can be hijacked because when i'm saying to people okay don't do what i want or don't do what i believe to be good don't do what god believes to be good do what you want i don't care and then they get in a large enough group and they end up attacking morality and it
2: redefines yeah normalcy it redefines morality and yeah. you know, i recently was sitting on having a conversation with a friend of mine brandon and i when i first got into politics i wasn't so staunchly against homosexual marriage i didn't speak out on certain things yeah. abortion And then I saw it firsthand. I would, I I just examined just the differences in my relationships with heterosexual couples and homosexual couples and homosexual couples and talking about two men. You don't realize that God designed a man to be with a woman because it prevents men from giving, uh, from giving entirely into the worst components of who men are. Sex, just having sex all the time, yep. right? you can't do that. If you're with a woman, yeah. okay, maybe it's menstruation, maybe it's pregnancy, maybe it's afterbirth, yep. but there are these natural barriers that make it so that your relationship has to be about something else other than just sex. Yep when I'm with my homosexual friends, they talk about, se- they, I don't think they realize that heterosexual couples don't just sit down for lunch and be like, we banged 20 times last night because yep. we could. They think that that's normal. Sure. So then you talk about how that bleeds into pornography, that bleeds yep. into wanting to talk about sexuality in the classroom, how that might bleed in to suddenly wanting to speak to children about sex and go, oh, this is all normal. It's actually not normal, but because it's normal in a homosexual relationship, you think that it's actually normal. Totally right. And so mm-hmm. I have suddenly realized and this is why i become so staunchly conservative, how it all bleeds into everything. And there is such a thing as objective rightness and there is such a thing as objective wrongness.
1: Completely correct. And I agree with absolutely everything you just said. So my question would be then, what do we do? Do we force everybody to be Christians or force everybody to be Mm. religious? Or how do we do it?
2: Well, I think the first the thing is having the courage to talk about it. And, and and nobody even talks about these topics anymore because they just go, oh, they've won. So we need to let this go. And and more and more you're seeing culturally people are afraid of being canceled. I mean, what yeah. I just said to you is grounds for a cancellation. How dare you question this? How yeah. dare you? I even believe now after seeing the ways in which society has made children believe that they're all trans. I didn't, I didn't. I went to university. I went to high school. I didn't graduate with a single trans person. Now you want me to believe one in four children suffers from identity issues? No. Yeah. that socialization you place that on them so is it such a far stretch to imagine that the same happened in the homosexual when homosexuality came to america and then we popularized it and we put helen ellen on tv and we gave melissa Etheridge a platform and suddenly pride parades were happening everywhere
0: it's called a social contagion because we're seeing it all over it becomes a norm and therefore it's you know something to aspire to and acceptance that's what happened
2: whereas you don't see this here you don't you don't see this here in Romania where we're sitting because we haven't this is the power of culture. This is the power of pop culture. When you make something, you have to go the other way. You need to normalize it. You need to, you need to say, actually, this is abnormal. And this is what normal is. And it's not both. So yeah, I've become very conservative in all of these perspectives. You're completely correct. You nailed
1: it. When I, when I I said, do we force everyone to be Christian? You nailed it by changing the exact thing I was going to say. It's about culture. It's a cultural issue and it's completely not correct. And I think that's actually one of the reasons why I mean, I don't state this with arrogance. I don't want people to understand. I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm trying to make people understand the situation I'm in. I was the most Googled man on the planet at one point. So I had a massive impact on the culture and it was dragging in the complete opposite direction that the culture wants to move in. Mm -hmm. I'm dragging men in the complete opposite direction that the Satanists and the people who want to turn us all into slaves want us to go in. So I think that anybody who sits at home and realizes that my legal troubles appearing basically directly after that is a coincidence, then you're awfully naive. So it's it's unfortunate also that the way the world works at a certain level of influence and power, the justice system almost breaks down. We see that even in America and most other countries, it all just becomes a big game and a big show and it's about power plays and a whole bunch of conversations behind the scenes. It's not about justice anymore. So it's very, it's very concerning because you are right. We are in a culture war and it's culture, which is absolutely not really defining the direction in which we move. And this is one of the reasons why I reverted to Islam because I feel like the Islamic culture is the strongest. Hmm. You feel
2: the culture. I was you wondering feel because it. you were Christian, and you know, I definitely do not know um, enough about the Islamic faith to sit here and debate you on it. I'm yeah. never a person that will debate somebody on something that I'm not an expertise on. Yeah, but I will say that I'm sad that you're not a Christian anymore <laughs> because I and I, I can sense. Uh, perhaps it's because you felt that Christians weren't doing a good job mm. defending their beliefs. Yeah,
1: I think that God should be feared. Hmm. I believe that god should be feared i fear god mm-hmm. it's one of the only things i fear and i believe that also you see god to a degree or you see religion how you see yourself and i see myself as a person of strong principles and strong morals and i like to think of myself as the kind of person nobody really wants to cross not because i'm a psycho but because i'm a man of capability and i'm smart and i'm strong and nobody wants to make an enemy of me so i feel like I find an affinity to a belief system which has very similar outlooks. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of other things I can say from the Quran and Islamic texts, et cetera, but to keep it very vague and very broad for people who are not Islamic, I felt God when I was in an Islamic country. Mm-hmm. If I went to an Islamic country, the problem. I the felt West, God. The you don't feel any God. How is it a Christian country if Satanists are mocking Jesus on the streets? Yeah.
2: Uh, I, I, I understand what you're saying. And I, I was... Trying to gather in my head what made him, what pulled him away from Christianity, and I th- said it's probably the example. If you're thinking that America is a Christian country, and you're thinking that the United mm-hmm. Kingdom is a Christian the country, country, they're not. And they're you're not. Going, Christianity is getting it wrong. Yeah. And the truth is that America is no longer a Christian country. We're being run by people that are satanic. Hollywood is satanic, and right. Hollywood is running America. Right. So yes. you're not wrong. But I think that right now America is facing a spiritual battle, and for yeah. the first time. In a very long time, Christians are starting to stand up and speak about our principles. I hope so. And we I could have used you. <laughs> as, as a I, I, I know. Him. But I, I have seen in California,
1: I've seen Christians and Muslims get side by side when they were complaining about the LGBT yeah, I did see in the that, schools, which is fantastic. And I know what you're saying, and that is true. But it's almost like when I go to an Islamic country, I feel God around i you see it you see it yeah. in the way the the people are dressed you see it in the mm-hmm. fact that everyone's in a family you see it in the fact that there's a mosque on every corner it's in the air and it's almost like when i'm in dubai and i'm talking to my friends my islamic friends and i explain to them the things you have to protect your child from in an american school they they literally think i'm lying hmm. they're like no surely it's mind-bending Afri- to them about
2: African countries That are Christian Okay
1: so yeah This is interesting So yeah
2: They still are mind-blown By the concept Of what we're fighting In America So America th- is unique We shouldn't say That this is the you're blanket right.
1: You're right they are right There are Christian countries Which still take Christian. And they're like What seriously. do you mean Men can be women Like they think you're crazy <laughs> And we're in Romania And Romania is a country Which is Christian. very conservative And very Christian Very
2: Christian And they don't
1: buy Into any of this garbage no, either none of it So this is absolutely Not really true It's unfair to say All Christian countries Are like
2: America that America is an exception And not, not in a good way Yeah
1: I think they like the whole west is
2: unfortunately the I west is, the west is I, i've said on my show the entire time the west is falling the fact that we're even yeah. having these debates is is not good yeah, so, the yeah. west
1: has fallen and unfortunately russia
2: yeah. christian country
1: yeah absolutely a very christian country so yeah you're you are right but I I felt an affinity to Islam. I felt God in the air, and it's it's difficult for me to explain any other way.
2: Okay, that's fair enough. I, I, I won't push you any further on that. <laughs> All right, let's get to your case that's happening today So and, and why conservatives are screaming about it in America yep. and why they feel that Tucker didn't push you enough on this case. Push me. Okay, so first and <laughs> foremost, one thing I want to clarify for people that are watching this is that there seems to be this understanding that you are being prosecuted or you're being indicted rather for human sex trafficking charges. I've read the indictment and I do want to make it clear the words human sex trafficking occur on the indictment, but then it very makes it very clear that what they're referring to is a kind of extended the term. It's not what we think about in America. Mm. When you think of a bunch of children being put into yeah. a truck and taken over the border against their will, they're basically saying that if you, if you trick a woman into coming into a country by using the lover boy method, then they consider Mm -hmm. that to be human sex trafficking. So the definition has definitely expanded over
1: time. Well, it's also ridiculously misogynistic to believe that women can't make their own decisions on anything. So the whole thing about it is misogynistic. But yeah, you're correct. That's a very important distinction.
2: Essentially, what they're saying is we have a show in America called 90 Day Fiancé. That is the lover boy method, is women that (laughs) that come over to the U.S. Yep. They're clearly coming for citizenship, but these women kind of get duped and they get, they sponsor these people. Yep. This would be the same vein of what they're trying to describe. I've read it myself of what human sex trafficking can be, which is oh, it's an a woman reach. fell for you, fell in love, moved over here overseas, but it's only because you were very convincing. Yeah, that is the definition given in the indictment of what they're referring to. Correct.
1: So I, I'll give a very quick rundown on the case. Everything from these old videos, old clips, my webcam company, things that happened ten years ago have absolutely nothing to do with the crime correct case. Absolutely zero. Anything you see from before 2021 has nothing to do with the case. The case against me is that from 2021, my brother and I, when we were already worth hundreds of millions of dollars and already successful and famous, created an organized criminal group. And our intention was to convince women to move to Romania, to make TikTok videos so Mm. we could steal the TikTok money.
2: And TikTok. And they mention OnlyFans. Correct. On the indictment page. And they say that you did this using the lover boy method. And it almost reads, what's interesting to me why I was compelled by this case is just that because they tremendously changed it. When they were investigating you, we were told that there was a woman who went to the UN who escaped your grip and that, you know, she said, I've been held captive. And then after they investigated, they came up with what it sounded like regurgitated Andrew Tate videos. The Lover Boy Method, which Mm -hmm. is in one of your videos where where you're talking about women. So it, it seems like during that time where they held you in the cell, perhaps the initial case that they fed to the media fell apart.
1: Yeah, I believe what happened, and I have to be very careful what I say, but what I believe happened is in April of last year, Tristan and I had some visitors here from America who were only in the country for five days, Mm. made some very strange demands financially. When they were rejected, they called the American embassy and said they had been kidnapped. Mm. Those two women... We deem now to be professionals. One of them has accused seven men of kidnapping in her life.
0: And she. Wow. Seven men of kidnapping her. She's definitely a professional.
1: Wow. She's also lawyered up instantly from a left-wing NGO because she's currently being sued by us for mm-hmm. false charges. And she seemed to be very well supported and funded. So I don't know if she was sent as an agent. We're not entirely sure. So this is a very interesting beginning to all of this in April. The Romanian authorities arrested us for precisely two hours and threw it out and knew it was all garbage from the beginning. The case remained open. Nobody understood why the case remained open. My lawyer made repeated requests to close the case. They wouldn't mm. close the case and it remained open and absolutely not really dormant when I was canceled, when I was deleted across all social media and canceled and lost my bank accounts, my Uber account, my Stripe account, my Gmail, absolutely everything. Literally within the same week, the case was picked back up, which is very strange. I was followed. They tried to find evidence of any kind of crime at all. They couldn't find any crimes whatsoever. They then raided my house for a second time with the intent of getting my electronics, which they got. They went through all of my electronics and they could find nothing of actual criminal intent. What they did find is my brother and I and our personal assistant, because at the time, if anyone who knows on the internet or has been around for a while will remember, my face was all over TikTok. You could not get rid of my face on TikTok. Me and my brother were explaining our strategy for how we got so big on TikTok to some friends of ours. They then said that we were forcing them to do the TikToks for our money, for our brand. They made this huge reach and said it's human trafficking because we're forcing women to make TikTok
0: videos.
2: Yeah, so that's the part that mm. registered to me as strange. It started as a kid, we were told it was kidnapping, which mm-hmm. is quite, it's very serious yeah. that somebody fled to the U.S. Embassy. This is the woman that you're talking about that you yeah. say uh, uh, you're alleging has also accused seven other men. Alleging, it's, yeah.
1: it's its literally now on Twitter, you can see the file, of the complaint we filed against her, seven men she is accused of kidnapping. She's done it with seven different boyfriends who didn't buy her wow. what she wanted. One of them killed himself.
2: Mm. Okay. Wow. So she's a, prof- she's a professional. Okay. So it's very strange that she, she comes over, she accuses you of kidnapping her, but then they decide not to prosecute that, but they, they fed that to the media that you kidnapped someone that she fled to the U S embassy. Then yep. all of a sudden we learned that they're investigating you and the charges then go from kidnapping to, well, actually what he was doing is a lover boy method, which we're saying is human sex trafficking yep. and that these women didn't know what he, what they were getting into. They thought that he was going to marry them yep. And actually what he wanted them to do was just to make TikTok and OnlyFans videos. Yeah.
1: So the lover boy method, traditionally, the way it would traditionally work, the reason it was criminalized and added to the criminal code is that I would be a Romanian man and I would meet a Romanian girl. Mm-hmm. We would get married. Marriage is part of it. I'm not married to anybody. We'd get married. We'd move to a richer country. You go from a poor country to a rich country, let's say America. Mm-hmm. You put the girl into sexual work, let's say prostitution, and then I'll keep all the money and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll control her or coerce her by pretending to love her. That's what they're mm-hmm. saying that's how it traditionally works they've accused me of using the lover boy method because basically i was a nice person i was nice that's the thing that so uh, hmm. most people don't understand about the law It's so ridiculously subjective if they want to weaponize it and use it to attack you that's exactly what they'll do they can accuse any man of using the lover boy method if you send nice messages on a text message if you're like hey baby oh. how are you
2: so did you, <laughs> hey, did, you, you were promise, nice. did you promise to marry these women no
1: i didn't promise to marry anybody what i had was girls the two girls who were in the criminal file asked me how to be famous on TikTok. I told them how to be famous on TikTok and I spoke to them nicely the entire time. These two women have come out and made videos repeatedly saying we're not victims of anything. I don't know if you've seen them.
2: No. Okay. So, you're, so just to back this up. The victims. The victims in the indictment. Correct. Have made videos correct. saying we're not victims. Correct. I did not know that. It's, there, it's all over Twitter. In fact, yeah. on
1: my, I think it's he my knows. pinned tweet, you can see the criminal case against Andrew Tate. The two victims who the DCAR are accusing me of using Loverboy method on, have made videos saying, he just told us how to do social media. We're not victims. I've never seen any of them
0: being aggressive or rude. They've always respected respected people. I forced ameninsata. No, no. I forced they
1: gave this statement to the police. The police ignored it and said they're brainwashed. So they ignore it. So now we have a criminal case where we have girls who are saying they're not victims of anything. Me telling girls how to make money on TikTok, or not even how to make money, because no one makes money on TikTok, telling them how to get famous on TikTok, And them saying that I forced them for money, which doesn't exist. There's no money in the criminal file. There's no transactions. There's no financials, nothing. The girls themselves have given statements in my defense. They're being thrown away so they can Mm -hmm. continue with this case saying that I've brainwashed the women. So now we have, imagine in court, my brother and I and the two victims all on the same side saying, saying, nobody's done anything wrong. We're all friends. We were talking about TikTok accounts. And then you have the state with no witnesses on its own saying you're victims and you're bad and you're going to jail. So Mm. it seems
2: like what they're doing then is this is where the content from 10 years ago is coming into play where they're saying, well, look, to even yet they're complaining this now. So even though this, these charges are from, and I read the indictment again, 2021, We are look at what he said 10 years ago, which somehow confirms what we're saying. We don't have to listen to these women. On August 22nd, BRICS nations, that's Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa, are expected to announce the launch of a new international super currency fully backed by gold or other commodities. This is part of their long term plan to supplant the U.S. and the dollar as cornerstones of the global financial system. You can protect your IRA or 401k from fallout from this landmark announcement by diversifying with gold from Birch Gold. Historically, gold has been a safe haven in times of high uncertainty, which is right now. When currencies fail, gold is a safe haven. How much more times a dollar have? We don't know. Protect your savings with gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, plus thousands of happy customers. So text Candace to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. If a central bank digital currency becomes a reality, it will be nice to have some gold to depend on. Again, text Candice to 989898. Yeah. So I do want you to contextualize this video that has been circulating on the Internet of you talking about the lover boy method. So we'll take a, a look at that right now. Sure.
1: You cannot get a girl to work for you. F- so the recruitment process is the same as the Ph.D. course. You message them on Instagram. The Ph.D. course is my recruitment system. I don't mention webcam until after I've had sex with the girl. If you're on dates and you're trying to mention it and shit, it just doesn't work. It puts them off. I'd never do that. That's disgusting. I'm not a whore. Uh, It's just not going to work. You continue as normal. No mention of webcam. You f*** the girl. After you f*** the girl, you do the PhD test. If she passes the PhD test and she wants to be with you, then you start mentioning things like, yeah, but you know, you're always busy. You're always at work. You can come work for me.
2: Okay. So first question, when was this video taken?
1: Yeah. So this video is from 10 years ago and this is me explaining how having a webcam company, it's actually a larger video as a whole. I'm explaining how having a webcam company could affect your relationships and how it affects your dating life. It also explains the fact that one of the girls I was dating at the time was working on webcam at the mm-hmm. time and it's explaining my general overall explains my life and how things are affected owning a pornography company because obviously a lot of women will be put off by that mm-hmm. it doesn't explain it doesn't say i'd be very careful how i answer this question because i'm currently under an investigation mm-hmm. right so i would be very careful how i answer it people are trying to chop it up and say that it says i am using uh, the lover boy method to somehow convince women to do things they didn't want to do this is obviously not the case and none of this is in the case file for a reason because it doesn't exist and none of these women are upset But this is simply me explaining. It's actually a dating course I made a long time ago. And I'm a little bit embarrassed about it, to be honest with you, Mm. because it was 10 years ago and I was talking about women and dating and things in a way that I wouldn't talk about them anymore.
2: Right. Mm. So, yeah, you look very young in the video. I'm super
1: young and I'm talking about, hey, when you sleep with this girl or you meet that girl or you meet this girl on Instagram and Mm. I have a webcam company, I don't tell them I have a webcam company. And I just think all that's kind of crass and it's below me and I don't really like talking about it. And it's amazing how things change as you mature and you get older. Yeah. But once again, I was a much younger man. I think if you were to take any 24-year-old and look at the stuff he puts on the internet, some yeah, of it's, it's going to totally be stupid. Different. And I think if you look at anybody who made things 10 years ago, some of it's going to be stupid. It's absolutely not really not criminal in any regard. It's right. nothing criminal about it. It has no bearing or any interest in the current case. But yeah, I was talking about how I, talk, I don't mention I have a webcam business. The basic premise of the video was me explaining that. I don't mention I have a webcam business ever. And I'm Mr. Rich and I have this nice car and I go on dates with girls. And sometimes when I say I have a webcam business, some of them want money and they want to work for me. That's the basic premise
2: of it. Right. I'm glad to hear that you're not proud of the video. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. one of those things where I say that people don't allow you to grow up from things that you've done or said in the past. And this is obviously when you were operating a webcam business, you're talking about.
1: And and that's the whole thing about the human experience. We're supposed to grow, right? And we're supposed to make mistakes and we're supposed to learn from them. And we're supposed to uh, evolve as people. And I'm certainly not proud of the video. When I say I'm not sorry for what I've done, I don't mean it in a, I would do the same things again. I don't mean Mm -hmm. it that way. I mean, that at the time I was a lot less knowledgeable and I was younger and I made some mistakes and just like, I'm sure Jay-Z would never crack, sell crack again, right? exactly the same reason I would never make a stupid video saying something so stupid again. I also could have never predicted the fact that I was going to become one of the most famous people on the planet. Right. I didn't see that coming. And if Mm -hmm. I did, I would have been a lot more careful with what I said and how I said it. And. I do think that it's part of every person's journey to make some mistakes and learn from them and grow from them. And I kind of find it interesting that if I was a reformed drug addict, there'd be no problem. If I was Mm. a reformed murderer, there'd be no problem. If I was a mafia boss and I'd sit here and I'd killed three people and we were doing an interview and I was like, yeah, I used to kill people. I've done my time. I'm out of jail now that I I get less flack than if I made a video talking about dating when I used to have a business that did webcam than I currently get, you know, so all I can do is understand that I was a younger man. I did the best I could at the time. And, uh. I was trying my very best to survive in a very harsh world, and I I, I understand now that a lot of the way I said things, I certainly sure shouldn't have said them that way. But none of it is criminal,
2: right? And it, again, has no bearing on your case today. But I want There's literally the no bearing, it and it's conflation. It's being circulated it's, yeah. without like people think that video Context. was shot last week.
1: Correct, mm. and that's what's so good because it's good to mention because people are trying to conflate them. Because in the current case against me, there's no case. Mm-hmm. Everybody understands there's no case. We're now in a situation where if. The legal system is completely fair then the case is over so what they're trying to do is they're going to conflate with old videos of mine mm-hmm. and they're going to try and muddy the waters and gaslight yeah and i will say that i am unhappy those videos exist and i will say i wish i never made them but i won't say that i'm sorry because at the time i did the best i knew how to do
2: and i think i think that's important I, for the young kids that are following you especially the young men to know like I say, I always hope that they, I talk about the mistakes that I made and I, I probably wouldn't even categorize them as mistakes. It's just things that I did. Yeah. And I, if I could go back, of course I wouldn't do it. Hindsight's twenty yeah. twenty. But it's important for them to hear that. You know, I'm not proud of that, obviously. I'm not Completely. proud of
1: it. And, and that's why I never push them to the world. And that's why I never you know, propagate them in any way. Unfortunately, there's a weaponized attack against me where they still exist. And that's why I do so be- so good to talk against them. I think that if you have a, If you want to tell kids not to do drugs, you usually have a reformed drug addict to stand up and say, don't do drugs. I was a drug addict. It was a mistake. And I think that gives you a degree of credibility. So for me,
0: and, and they can relate to the individual because they've done the drugs now they're reformed. Now they can really teach from a place of, um, integrity and credibility.
1: Sit here and say, be a lot more careful. One with the way you say things on the internet, especially two. Be a lot more careful with your interactions with women as a whole, especially in light of the Me Too movement and all these other things. Be very respectful. This video, this is a small clip. If you watched the video in, in its entirety, I actually talk about ex- extensively about how you don't want to make a woman feel pressured. You don't want to pick up a rape charge for no reason. If she feels upset or sad, make sure you get her a taxi home. I talk about all these things in the same video. So this is still the worst part of a very long-form mm. video taken out of context. However, I do think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from it. And yeah, if I have to be slightly embarrassed and a little bit taken aback by them so I can teach people the lessons and I'm going to teach people the lessons. And the basic premise is I was explaining how I have a webcam company and how it affects my romantic life. And that was how it was all encompassing and went together. And I think when I made the video, I got like 28 views.
2: Yeah, and now it's being circulated. And now
1: it's being circulated and I'm being told I'm the worst person in the world by people who pretended they'd never done anything wrong for the last 10 years. And also there has to be a degree of time. I like to think there's a statute of limitations. Like how long... Are you going to hold?
2: They will for the rest of your career. I'm, I'm the sure they will. Yeah. And it's
1: fine. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's just like, okay, 10 years ago, 10 years, a decade.
2: Yeah, they're mm. going to keep making you answer for it yeah. in every capacity. I've, I've seen that. It, God forbid you misspeak, you miss a word while you're saying something, yeah. they will circulate it over and over again. Yeah. That's just the yeah. world of social media. For me,
1: what I feel is I don't feel guilty about them, but I do feel embarrassed because I don't feel like the way I spoke about women or the way I spoke about romantic relationships is my current view on romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. I think I've certainly matured. I was a young, brash, arrogant guy. This is Mm -hmm. what happens when you have a young kickboxer who's beating everyone up, making a bunch of money from the streets. I was a young, brash, arrogant guy, and I spoke in a way I perhaps shouldn't have spoke. And I'm sure if Jay-Z makes a song today, he won't speak about women and crack and drugs the way he used to speak about women and crack and drugs. Mm -hmm. It's just the reality of life. And you have to grow and you have to take the embarrassment, which comes from growing. So I will certainly sit here and make sure I think the whole world understands that that's not my message. That's not what I'm teaching young boys today. The young boys who are following me today, have no interest in these videos and don't watch these videos unless they're pushed by haters. And I think that overall, I'm a net positive for the world. I, I think that men being so disenfranchised is. I want to say something quickly about the British school system. The English school system has attacked me and now they're trying to put me, they've spent billions of dollars trying to remove me from schools because mm-hmm. young boys were running around saying, what color is your Bugatti?" and repeat, repeating my sayings. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can really truly be held responsible for the fact that young boys repeat a saying, especially one that's not particularly aggressive. I think that shows that the young boys are looking for a hero and someone to look up to, and I feel like I'm filling a gap. Mm-hmm. And that's why I understand it's so important. I say very good things and teach very good things. And I don't think I would have learned so much good if I hadn't been involved to a degree with the dark and the bad. I don't think there is light without dark. A lot of my lessons and a lot of the messages I give to the world come from the fact that I grew up in one of the worst areas of the western world, surrounded by drug dealers, surrounded by real pimps doing real bad things, surrounded by broken homes, I learned all these lessons, and if I had never had those experiences and never grew up in that scenario, how could I be a person who's now teaching young men, disenfranchised young men, the realities of the world?
0: How you need the contrast, you need the polarity in order to to make an impact. And he's he's absolutely correct. I believe that you know when he was younger, yeah, he was crass and he said a lot of things, that he, sh- I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, can you find any young man who who may not? who doesn't say craft things or into things that they shouldn't be into, but then as they mature, they leave those things behind. So I really, I really believe what he's saying here.
1: Oh, could I? We talked earlier about having a sheltered life. A sheltered life doesn't allow you to be the kind of man who can teach. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I spoke in a way I shouldn't have spoke. Yeah, I regret the video completely. Have I ever hurt anybody? No. Has any of the girls who are being mentioned in that video come forward with anything other than defense of me? No nobody was actually hurt it was just very brash very arrogant very bad delivery which i regret
2: i can tell you something right now if uh, love with you as a human being if i had to watch clips of me 10 years 10 11 years ago i would be so i would be red even like a black girl go red i couldn't i couldn't even look yeah. i wouldn't even want my husband to see it so i feel you're embarrassed well, this, and, 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 this and that's thing, why a part of me when i was when they were regurgitating clips, i was like this is so unfair it's it, so unfair and, to yeah. to say i'm upset and by and large the stuff that you're saying to young men, even if there are certain things I don't agree with. Although I found it interesting that you said that peacocking is natural with men, because I think you're right now that you yeah. say it, I'm just a woman and I don't understand it. Yeah. Um, but by and large, the stuff that you're saying today is not that. And so I just, I think it's really, you, you got to be really careful of are convicting somebody and who they were a Com- decade ago.
1: Completely. And it's reformed drug addicts that will tell you not to do drugs. And it's reformed, alcoholics.
2: Uh, I'll tell you not to drink. drink alcohol. Yeah. And,
1: and I lived a life. I'm not going to sit here and try. And I think part of the reason actually, and it is part of my image, you know, Top G is the name for any of the adults who are watching it. Top G is what they call me my nickname. But part of it is the fact that I grew up in a bad area. You know, I, I can fight. I have this money. I'm in this big compound in Romania with armed guards. And there's that that degree of it. There's that nastiness and there's that rough to the edge, which makes my message so interesting for the young boys to watch. But that's because I came from a very rough life. And yeah, all I can do is apologize for the delivery, but I will not apologize for trying to do the best I could at the time we in the scenario was, I was for in.
2: Growing up. Completely. And I think that that's one of the things that sucks about being a public figure is every single moment that people are looking at it under a microscope nice. and yep. I always say I want to give people permission. I always say I took the most liberal route to conservatism that there ever was. Yep. And so I just not so quick to judge people.
1: And also I like to think and I, this is one of the things I do say If if the most advanced forensic detectives on the planet with years of effort, if the worst they can drag up is me talking about women in a slightly derogatory way, I'm kind of happy with that. I'll be honest because I scroll Twitter and I see all these liberals who attack people all day, end up getting ousted for child porn or this or that (laughs) real things. And I'm like, thank God I have no skeletons for real, you know? So that's the worst version of me that anybody's ever going to see. And it was a long time ago and I learned my lessons from it. And uh, I do my very best to teach the lessons I learned, just like you said, to help people avoid going through the hardest way to possibly learn a lesson. And that's, that's the reality of it, but that has no bearing on my current case. And I think that's what the confusion in my case is currently. People think that my case has something to do with that, even though they're completely unrelated events.
2: Right. And that's why I'm trying to clarify and talking to you, because I've realized that there's a lot of conflating going on. Um, And a lot of it is because America, I, I feel, is just now being sort of introduced to you. Whereas in the UK, you've been around for a while and there was one and I'm only familiar with your UK brand because of my husband. So I've, I know that you've been big in the UK circuit for a very long time. And there was an old video, video that surfaced of you spanking a woman with a belt. Yep. Tell me you love me. Say it like
1: you mean it. You, say it like you mean it. You
2: message
1: one other guy every fing again, whether we're together or not. Together. You understand
2: me? This obviously Ooh. has made it through the uk media for years and i know i know what that is based on my understanding of what happened with big brother when you were on big brother but americans are just seeing this video in a long montage of awful andrew tate videos so hmm. i want you to explain to them what that was and again this is another example of when the woman has already spoken out and clarified that this was not her being abused, but right. Absolutely the, yeah, the woman's
1: already come forward instantly after the video, she came forward and made a video and said, look, this is between me and Andrew and it's, he never hurt me. And I love him very much. And this is something that personal that happened in the bedroom.
0: Hello, everyone. Um, I just wanted to say something about the video that's been released recently about me and my ex-boyfriend, Andrew Tate. Andrew is my still great friend. What you guys saw on the video is just what we used to do. It was just pure game. He's a great guy. He will never hurt anyone unless he's fighting. (laughs) And um, I just wanted to let you know that this is a huge misunderstanding because I heard he got kicked out from the house because of it, which I found very unfair because it was just pure game. It's just what we used to do.
1: And it's actually interesting because when I got arrested even recently, even though me and her are no longer together, she was also doing videos in my defense. She made a very recent video a few months ago saying, once again, very nice things about me. He is not a human trafficker. He would Mm -hmm. never
2: rape anybody, and he would certainly never, ever human traffic anyone either, including his brother. They would never do such thing. I am just so shocked, and I am so fed up with with all of these lies. And
1: you're right about public life, Mm -hmm. having your dirty laundry or your life thrown out there to the world, it is kind of interesting. And it's interesting how fast people throw stones because I know how clean my life is compared to most people's lives. And Mm. I know that just from conversations I've had at dinner tables. I know from just dinner table conversations, you talked earlier about dinner table conversation people have in couples, et cetera. I've been sitting around in very private rooms with very rich people. And I've been in very important places and also some very low places. And I've heard people talk and I'm like, if your life was on display, like my life was on display, it would be a real circus. Mm. I mean, imagine you could be the son of a president. Imagine if their life was on display and you can find out some really interesting things. Wow. So, me personally, yeah, these things are the same old regurgitated things from 10 years ago that have been previously explained. That was
2: also, I was going to say, can you date that video, when that video? 20,
1: that 20, I must've been, how old was I? 2015, maybe 2014, okay. a long time ago. Right. And I think the best defense for all of these things, personally, I don't think that anybody should take my word for it. I think the best defense for all of these things are the voices of the woman directly involved right we say believe all women right mm. that's what we say isn't it okay well no one not to listen convenient. to a word i say or believe a word i say
0: <laughs> believe all women but when it's actually going to come to your defense as a man then they don't want you to believe all women hmm, interesting how the double standards are and the hypocrisy
1: if you think i've done something wrong to a woman and the woman stands up and goes no i love him that's garbage the next should be the end of the issue, I believe. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm getting libertarian again.
2: But um, no, I mean, <laughs> I, I very much agree with it. And this kind of gets into um, oh, gosh, what is the name of the guy in Hollywood that he just went under Me Too and uh, Hammer something? Yeah, ha- Army Hammer. Yeah. Right. Mm. And this is another person I defended on my show who's in consensual relationships. They BDSM was his thing. He was very clear, that it was his thing. The girls were okay with it. Maybe, maybe because he was a Hollywood star, but he never lied. He never coerced. He never confused. And then suddenly one of these women decides to speak out against him. Now they've just cleared him of all charges. And I I sort of have the perspective that if they were doing this in a consensual relationship, Mm -hmm. respective, irrespective of how I might examine it and say, I would never do this in a consensual relationship. You can't then turn him into a rapist. Well,
1: this is the thing. I don't think many people understand, especially the men who are vilifying me and attacking me and anyone who's upset by me, understand that first they come for me and then they're going to come for you. They come for any man that they don't like. And the way they do it is this is the weapon they sit and go, Mm -hmm. okay, let's take some kind of sexual crime because it's heinous and it damages their name. And then because it's subjective, right? You say rape, you're right. Rape traditionally was grab a woman off the street and hurt her. Well, he didn't do that, but he did have a consensual relationship for years Mm -hmm. And then now his girlfriend can be convinced to turn on him for a paycheck Mm -hmm. because the the media will hype her up, make her famous and pay her a wage. Now he's a rapist or even by more crazy extension, let's look at the lover boy method. We have a man here who has spoken to a woman in a very nice, polite, kind way has never even had a BDSM relationship with her, hasn't hurt her. hasn't hit her. only spoke to her nicely. She is saying he is nice. Mm -hmm. She is saying he did nothing. Okay. She's brainwashed and he used lover boy. You can't even be nice anymore. Mm -hmm. You can't even be, if the government want to put you in jail for sexual crime, you can be a man with a woman, speak to her with absolute respect. She can love you with all her heart and say, he has never hurt me. And you are still a criminal. Right, right. Think of the the mind-bending, it's crazy. As a man, you're not safe. You're not safe. If they want to get you, You they're going to get you and they're going to use this avenue because this is the most heinous possible crime you can be accused of. The process itself is the punishment. Let's look at what happened to me all those months of investigation. During all those months of investigation, there are pages and pages of files Everything I did, everywhere I went, they were looking for me to break a law. I don't break laws. If I had even sped in a car, if I had littered, if I had done anything, it'd all be in the case file. So they're they're spying on my entire life, trying to find a crime. They can't find one. Then they go through my entire personal life, which is now all over the internet, leak it all over the internet. So you go through the embarrassment. Mm. Then they seize all your money. $15 million have taken of my money. Then I went to jail for three months. Now I'm on house arrest. By the time I'm found innocent, I've been punished. The whole, the process is the punishment, Punishment. the process is the embarrassment. The process is teaching you a lesson. So it's not even about innocent and guilty. I don't think most people at home understand that if they want to hurt you, if you get to a level of influence where powerful people go, you, we have to damage this guy's name. We're going to accuse him of sexual crime. It doesn't matter if you can prove yourself innocent three years from
0: the point they accuse. you because you've already been wrecked. The damage is already done. Men, you are not safe. And I hope you get this lesson, you are not safe. That's the entire goal of it, right? So now we're living here. I'm
1: sitting here as a person who's accused of a crime. The victims are on my side. There's no one against me but the state. I've done nothing wrong. There's these Twitter detectives, Twitter internet detectives who know who funds them, trying their very best to prove me guilty for no reason by taking old videos and conflating the issue and trying to make it complicated when it doesn't need to be.
2: And I just sit here and think... They are complicating the issue. I, I very much agree with you on that. I think that the, the goal of digging up these old videos was to say, well, that this somehow legitimizes the case against him in Romania. Yeah. And that's just not true, right? You can say... You, you even said it. You're not proud of these videos. You can say, I think Andrew Tate is immoral. I think the things that he said here are not principle. They're trying to say that because of things that you said 10 years ago, you shouldn't have a platform you young men today. It's just too much conflation. I made yeah. pro-atheist pro videos back then, and I'm very embarrassed of those. Right. Mm. I'm
1: extremely embarrassed of the videos I would sit and say, God is not real. In fact, I'm more embarrassed of those videos than any other video. And I would sit there and now I'm, I'm devout to my religion. So I would sit there and try and talk about how God wasn't real. And I thought I was smart. And now Mm -hmm. I watch it and think I was an idiot. And I like to think of myself as a pretty wise person. I wouldn't have a platform if I wasn't wise and I'm 36 years old, but at 25, I was a dummy. And I think that any 36-year-old, if you were to ask him, were you a dumb 25?
2: I feel like young men especially take a fully, little longer to- completely yeah, your sure. full
1: testosterone. I was making money out of Lambo. I was fighting. I was beating everyone to pieces. I had a few hot girlfriends. I thought I was Mr. Hotshot. Yeah. Like, is that the worst thing in the world? Like, who, who is it? Right? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting that they're going to attack me with these forever, and that's fine. I do believe, however, that Allah is the best of planners. Hmm. And I am in many ways, I wouldn't say happy, but I feel like this whole criminal investigation is going to be a fantastic end to all of this once I'm found innocent, Mm. I believe. And I do believe I'll be found innocent. I've seen all of the case against me and there is no case. And it's very difficult to put somebody in jail when there's nobody saying he did anything wrong. For people at home who are confused about my criminal case, just so they understand, I'll explain it one more time. Two girls in April who visited Romania for five days, wanting money for shopping, didn't get it, accused us of kidnapping them. These are girls who have accused seven other men of kidnapping slash human trafficking, Romanian authorities turn up and within an hour said they weren't kidnapped, this is stupid, and threw it away. Then they picked up this case for some reason, by some recommendation later on down the line, come up with this whole lover boy garbage. The two girls, there's four girls in the case, two of the girls who were accused of who I've supposedly lover boyed are on my side. We have the two initial girls who say that they were kidnapped, who are on CCTV walking in and out the house as much as they want. And Mm. she's accused seven other men of kidnapping. That's the case against me. So. I have enough faith in justice that it's all going to be mm-hmm. put away pretty quickly. But um, yeah, I wish those old videos didn't exist, but much more than those, I'm far more embarrassed about old videos I made that were anti-God. I feel genuinely wow. bad about those, much worse
2: than that. Mm-hmm. So it's, But that's I'm, not what you're selling to kids today. I, absolutely not.
1: I'm doing the absolute opposite. Right. I'm trying to push children towards religion. I'm trying to push kids towards God. And it's amazing that I, I, it's amazing that I'm being attacked with these videos and I'm embarrassed by them. That's fine. But I'm glad my atheistic videos didn't appear. I'd be far more embarrassed. I'd feel genuinely shameful to watch those. But, you know, we're human and we make mistakes and all, all we can do is grow, like you said.
2: Yeah. Um, trust me, I went through the conservative ringer too. Uh, the suddenly... What did they hit is you she- with? all sorts of things. I mean, they hit me with a uh, old anti-bullying company that I was trying to put together based on something that I lived through when I was in high school. And they tried to say essentially that I was trying to dox people. I still have to answer for a splash page for an anti-bullying company that I tried to create with the most goodness in my heart. And they still throw it at me. She's a fraud. This is not what she actually thinks. I mean, I have to answer the conspiracy. Some things are even cra- crazy. That, you know, George is some George's father is somehow related to the Rothschild. And I, I mean, it, it gets crazy. And, and the bigger that you, the bigger your well, platform becomes, the, the more, more they paid. dig into your history and they'll yeah. dig into ex-boyfriends. I mean, it, it never goes away, but I, I'm hardened to the process. I am who I am. I'm proud. I actually am proud of a lot of the things that I lived through, a lot of the mistakes that I've made because it made me who I am today.
1: Exactly. It's interesting you say hardened to the process because I think I am too. Because when I watch old content or mine or things I wish I didn't do or say, I mm-hmm. will feel guilty or awful shameful or awful embarrassment because of me. I don't care what people think. Mm -hmm. I don't care if some conservative wants to watch a video and make a video. I don't, I don't care. It's about me and my own personal morals and my own personal morality and and how it's evolved and how I feel about things I've done. It's all about me. It's internalized. I don't care what these people say externally, because I know that nobody is perfect. And I also stick by this and I've said it many times, but I know it absolutely not lead to be true. Anybody who is attacking me, if they'd been under the level of forensic assault I've been under would have far worse things out there in the public. Right. Sure.
2: Right. And I know that one of the charges against you is that, you're materialistic. You're describing that as peacocking. And it's funny when I see you with Lamborghinis or whatever, I don't know anything about cars, whatever the cars are. I always think of, I'm friends with a lot of UFC fighters. And, um, one of the ones that I have great respect for is Colby Covington. And it's so funny because when I have my podcast, he's sort of this quiet guy, super respectful, just not at all what you're getting in the ring. Yeah. And when we talked about that, he said, you know, no one pay attention to my fights. And then suddenly I'm in Brazil. I think I'm about to get dropped. Then I start talking a bunch of trash and suddenly Completely. he's got and a everybody. huge audience behind him. And this yeah. is part of the, the, the men like the bragging, the men yeah. like the peacocking. Completely. Um, And so I love it. And that's why I say when I see some of these videos and I see conservatives assigning like real meaning to you saying stuff that is just so obviously content for young boys. Yeah. It's the only way I can describe it. I mean, this is just like a bunch of. Guys just being guys and yep. the girls just be like, This is so stupid. Yep. That's my reaction. It's so stupid. But I'm why are we trying to assign real meaning to this? This well, is like guys, This is how guys have fun, the same way that girls sit around and talk about real housewives. Yeah, absolutely. It's bravado. It's just it's girls exactly. are into my husband cannot do like five seconds of hearing me and my girlfriends talk about things. He's like, yep. I'm out. Yep. And this <laughs> is what Woman Human is guys are together, and he's like, they're fishing, and the first catch, you gotta bite the head. I'm like, that is so stupid, yeah. so That's, ridiculous. Yeah. Why do you are you biting a head? off of a fish, but it's just boys being boys and girls being girls. Completely. And so I think that people should not assign like I mean I've seen really stupid videos of you and they're trying to really assess these videos as if this is like I'm like this is just (laughs) what I call (laughs) posting. Well yeah they're taking (laughs) it. Now you see Kobe he's got these hot girls in bikinis. He's behind cars on his thing and I think it's hilarious. And I think it's funny because it's I get it. It's for it's not for me. And that's not for me. The,
1: and that's the thing, actually, which a lot of conservatives in the conservative movement don't understand is that by attacking somebody for having a little bit of fun or for for being bravado for having some bravado or saying something audacious or having a nice car, whatever.
2: Bugatti, whatever. Yeah, yeah
1: if you're gonna attack people for that, you're just gonna drive young boys away from your message. And yeah. you need yeah. the youth of a message for the message to exist and survive. If you're gonna just be Mr. Boring. And be upset by everything. Not Nobody's really gonna wanna have any affiliation with it. I really do believe the reason liberals owned the culture for so long is because liberalism overall, it looks, it's not because when you become spiritual, you understand that it destroys your soul. But it looks fun. It does look fun. Mm-hmm. It looks fun because there's no rules. Yeah. And you can exactly. do a bunch of dumb stuff. You can take drugs, you can run around, go to orgies, and watch porn and sleep with all mm-hmm. these degenerate women, and they're all promiscuous, and it's a big party. It looks fun. And we talk about culture and how important it is to win the culture. Okay, well, then I come along and I'm largely conservative minded and I have this massive fan base. And then you're going to attack me and say, Andrew has a car. That's bad. Well, they're like, (laughs) is is that the fight you want? Is that how you're going to win this culture war? I
2: very much separate myself from the conservatives that do that. I'm like, this is on my show. I'll show a clip. I'm like, I can't believe this is even being passed around as something that should be taken seriously. It's so stupid. It's so ridiculous. It's so obviously content for guys. This is what I imagine if my husband left to his own devices and he's around all of his labs ads in the UK. I mean, the stuff they talk about is just so stupid. I, but, but then he thinks the same thing about me when I'm with all of my girls. Completely. It's so stupid. completely. And we do need to stop being so severe. Okay. It's materialism. Okay. We get all, I get what you're trying to say, but also this is just fun content for guys. But
1: then let's also talk about the materialism thing, right? Because it's interesting to me that conservatives will sit and say, oh, materialism is bad or it's anti-Christian, et cetera. And I understand where there might be a point to argue there, but I tell you something, if you're completely and utterly broke, then you need the government to eat then you're Mm -hmm. in a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. We talk Mm -hmm. about the matrix and resisting the matrix. One of the tools to doing that is financial freedom. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the baseline realities of it. I'm not saying you should sell your soul for money. Absolutely not not. But if you want to truly resist the matrix as a whole, you need to have money to do it. It's pretty hard to do when you're broke. Even me as a person, if I had no money, the current situation I'm in would absolutely not really destroy me. I, I would be completely and utterly wrecked. Like, how could I pay my bills? They've taken fifteen million dollars of my money. I'm locked in my house. So you need to have a degree of financial freedom, otherwise, you're gonna end up just doing what you have to do to eat. You look at these people in England. There was a video that recently was on Twitter. I felt really sad when I saw it. It was a workman taking down the British flag and putting up the Pride flag. Yeah, and I someone shouted at him, Hey bro, you're moving you're removing the wrong flag. And he goes, I know, mate, I know. Yeah. You're taking the wrong flag down, mate. I don't know
0: that.
1: At least you know that. But he had to pay the bills. He has to feed his family. What can he do? He's a flag hole. He's a flag hanger. All he can do is hang the flags. If he doesn't do it, someone else will do it. He loses his job. So if you're completely and utterly reliant on a wage or you have no money, well, now you have a new tool of enslavement. COVID was all based around that. Oh, I have got to go to work. i oh, just get the injection. Ah, oh, I got to wear the mask. I got to fly. I got to work. Got to work. Got to work. It, it takes a lot of money to sit down and say, no, I'm too principled. That takes money to do. Mm-hmm. So it's also interesting that conservatives want to attack materialism. Okay, perhaps I didn't have to buy a fancy car. You can get upset about that if you like. <laughs> but if you're not financially free, it's also pretty difficult to stand up and tell the truth. Yeah. Even if you make a lot of money, if you're reliant on, let's say, a sports team for a contract, even if you make a lot of money, if you don't have enough saved, you can't tell the truth.
0: Yeah. Even if you're rich, they're all still completely. Because you, you have to come under and be censored by the organization that you are playing for. They control what you say. You can't, you can't say certain things because, you know, they can pull your contract or they can bench you and all kind of ridiculousness. It's true. plying and bending because they have a contract they're adhering mm-hmm. to. It's
1: difficult. So I don't think that. If you had somebody who was trying to inspire the masculine youth of tomorrow to resist the slave mind, teaching them to be financially free would be a bad thing. I think it would actually be a good thing.
2: I I think men need it because they think view it as aspirational and no one escapes it. I would definitely not describe my husband as materialistic at all. He likes cars. There's just something about cars that men like. Absolutely. My son truck 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 car it's like it's psychotic i mean it's, his, it's such a boy every time he sees a truck a car any car that looks cool he's two yeah he's two so there is something ingrained in men that Completely. his first word was truck you know every time a garbage truck goes by anything he's just like a school bus men like that for whatever re- boys like that men like that it's asp- and i don't think we need to overthink it yeah
1: absolutely it's aspirational but also if we're going to actually look at the meta point i believe that teaching financial freedom i think teaching yeah. financial freedom yeah. is one of the very important ways you teach people to resist a slave mind. I don't think you can resist a slave mind if you're completely and utterly broke on welfare or living paycheck to paycheck for a large corp, which is insistent on trying to install the slave programming inside of your head. Mm -hmm. I think it's very, very difficult. I actually think financial freedom is a key component to it. And I think that me standing up and showing a life that costs $50 million a year or something ridiculous, doing that on purpose and trying to inspire men to make as much money as possible is actually a very key component to the resistance to the slave mind. I don't think many people understand this because if you teach young men how to go out there and become rich as possible, it's very difficult they can do that without learning some degree of mental fortitude, mm-hmm. without learning how to speak to people, without learning how to network, without learning how to be competent and disciplined and motivated and work hard. And then they do all that. They have enough money so that when someone comes along and says, take this injection, they'll say, no, I don't want to take the injection. I'd rather miss the flight. Mm-hmm. So there is a key component of resistance which actually involves materialism. I'll argue that if I was exactly the same person with the same viewpoints, but I was completely and utterly flat broke, I wouldn't be able to make the same impact on the world. And I wouldn't be able to resist the programming the same because I need to eat food. So I'd actually counter argue any conservative who's complaining about my beautiful car collection of 42, not one, 42 nice cars, (laughs) that having a lot of money is actually an important way to resist the matrix. I can only talk from personal experience, but the number of times, especially during COVID, for example, where I managed to not have to comply with any of the laws simply because I was loaded, Mm-hmm. It was, I can't even name all, I, all t- 10 hands. So materialism is important. I think we should be teaching, especially the young boys, especially people who understand who want to live in a very rational world, who want to live in a world which is based on common sense and dignity and honor and respect. And all the things we're trying to teach with, through conservatism is that if they don't have a degree of fin- financial stability or financial independence, they're going to end up getting wrecked anyway. They're going to work for wo- woke corps. And woke corpse going to change its Twitter picture or X picture, whatever it's called now, to a pride flag, and they're going to be screwed anyway. So yeah. you have to be teaching to a degree financial independence. I don't know why that scene is a bad thing. I'd actually really like to argue that point with who was complaining about my car? Uh, I think <laughs> <laughs> who was complaining about my was one of, of the- my 42 cars?
2: I think it was a packaged. You know this video and kind of showing that you're not actually good for young men, and they
1: wonder why. And they wonder why they lose the culture war. Imagine sitting there telling young men, "Don't have a nice car like him. Don't be fun like him. Don't do that." Like, what plan are you people on? Don't no one wonder-
2: have a sense of humor. Like I think Colby Covington's Instagram. Is hilarious. Completely. I know this is not how he lives. Like, first off, to be an MMA fighter, his whole life is diet extra. I mean, he's feeding his body every day. He doesn't really have time to be going to the strip club, and you know. But I I get the brand. I think it's hysterical. He's actually a really wonderful human being, and I'm I'm happy that I'm not so serious that I don't see the humor in this. And that and boys love it. They do. They do love it. It's and I wonder if
1: these people really don't see the humor, or if they're just so desperate to find an attack vector Mm -hmm. that it's going to get upset.
2: Question. I, I think that's a good question i think but i will actually i want to get to what your belief in is in terms of when you start talking about the matrix because i will say i some of the people that have been going after you liz wheeler obviously has been one of them mm-hmm. um liz wheeler has been one of them. i think you blocked her <laughs> um ali Sucky has talked a lot about it i know these young women they're not a part of the matrix okay i have a lot of disagreements with them stylistically we have disagreements ali's a uh, is a means what she says. Even if I disagree with her point, I know she means what she said it's not an act for her. She's not trying to do anything. She says it because she believes it. And have known her for years. She's actually been very good to me when people were very, the, the, the guard of conservatism. Allie had me on her show. She had a platform for me. Liz genuinely believes everything that she's saying. I don't think she's a part of the matrix, even if I think that there are some pieces of it, of your life and why people gravitate towards you that she doesn't fully understand. And maybe she never will understand it. But they, to me, are not a part of the matrix. Okay, so-, so let's talk about what the matrix is sure. and what the matrix isn't.
1: Sure, let's talk about the matrix. Before we, that, before we do that, let's talk about this recent conservative attack. I want to make it clear that I don't watch basically any of the attack videos made on me. I'm, I'm busy and I'm very happy with my life and I don't allow attacks on my psyche. If somebody makes a video that attacks me, I don't watch it. I don't watch it because I don't want to watch it because I don't care.
2: I don't watch them either. I don't care. And
1: I don't say this to insult Liz or anyone else. I don't know them enough or respect them enough to give a what they made or what they say. I don't care. So I can't talk about the specifics of what she said because I don't know what she said because I didn't watch it. However, I don't believe it was well-intentioned. I think that there is certainly a degree of jealousy that came with my massive influence and the number of views I got on the Tucker Carlson mm-hmm. show. I think that the fact that 10-year-old videos which have been debunked 30 times are now coming up again is not well-intentioned at all. But I can't be entirely not really sure of that. So I can't comment specifically on their attacks because I haven't watched their attacks. I don't. I
2: think they're seeing those videos for the first time. That's why I said I'm trying to bridge the gap between... I only knew about those videos for a long time because I've been paying attention to to your UK career. I don't believe these people have been. I think the first time they were introduced to you was on Tucker Carlson's interview. If I'm guessing, I have not spoken to them, but I'm, so they're just seeing this. Then somebody starts circulating old clips and they are like, oh my God, this person, this must be true again, guessing, have not spoken to them about you at all. Got it.
1: Well, it's up to them to come to their own conclusions about me. I'll live my life and I'll continue to live my fantastic life and I'll be the best person I can be. And they can come to their own conclusions and they can make videos in support of me or attacking me for the rest of human time. I'm not going to watch any of it. I'm not interested. So that's those two. But um, in regards to The Matrix as a whole, The Matrix, I believe, and I use the term The Matrix from the movie because I think it perfectly describes the world we're in today. I believe we're living in a false reality which is projected inside of our minds and it's designed to distract Mm -hmm. us long enough for our bodies to be abused. And the movie is from body heat in the real world perhaps is for some physical labor, but I believe that we're not living in a real version of reality. Hmm. I believe there are gatekeepers on the truth, the agents who try their very best to keep us asleep. And I think the end goal is to keep us distracted long enough for our body to be utilized and then for us to die. Who is the matrix and what is the matrix as a whole? I have to be very careful what I say and I don't want to get in too much trouble. But I think anybody who is perspicacious enough to understand how the world works understands that the media machine is trying very hard to keep us convinced, to keep us convinced of certain ideas and also to keep us arguing about very unimportant ideas. So people behind the media machine who decide what goes on the news can do whatever they want to do. Mm -hmm. And those, the things they do usually have dire consequences to all of our lives. So I would say that the matrix as a whole is the media machine from the projection point of view. And that the people who control the media try very hard to make sure they have ultimate control over all governments Mm. and all important decisions on the planet. Interesting.
2: I agree. I, to- I totally agree. I, Welcome I, to the conspiracy. I, 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 not, uh, well, no, Welcome to it, the conspiracy. I mean, don't listen to my podcast. I'm in on like CIA documents, like showing people this is not, it's not a conspiracy. <laughs> These are declassified CIA documents. These are things that they actually did and that nobody pays attention to because it happened 60 years ago, but it's been declassified, you know, uh, all the operations yeah. that they had, putting actual journalists under CIA pay. I mean, it's crazy. Following the death of JFK, why did they do that? Why did they suddenly feel it was necessary to have journalists on payroll yeah. following the death of a president? Yeah. Uh, who there are a lot of questions surrounding his death. So you're, you've got the right audience with me when, in terms of that, I think, I think the media is the enemy of the American people. That is why I, I, I liked Trump calling that out right away, talking about fake news.
1: What I don't understand is why anybody listens to anything they say. I know it is because they've been caught lying so many times. Is it just because they lie on repeat over and over again to the point where people just accept it? Is it because it's cowardice and accepting that these people constantly lie to you makes you adopt a worldview, which is scary because you have to now think for yourself? I'm not sure what it is, but how after, especially the last five to six years, especially the last five to six years, can you believe a word these people say to you?
2: Well, because if they say it enough, it becomes true. And that's been, they, they've been able to show that, that if you say something over and over again to someone, they will accept it as a truth. And that was another uh, declassified CIA experiment. Super interesting. They put a bunch of people in the room. So let's say there's 20 people in a room, right? And 19 of them are agents. And one of them is actually the person they're testing. And they show you a picture of what is clearly a banana. Yeah. And they go around the room. The last person they get to is the one that's being experimented on. Everyone else is an yeah. agent. And they say, "What is this?" And the first person says, "Apple, apple." It's clearly a banana. Yeah. By the time they get to that 19th person who is not an agent, that person just says, "It's an a- it's an apple," even though it's clearly a banana. They, they don't even believe their own eyes anymore because they're going, "Okay, well, if 18 people in this room have said that it's an apple, what do you see? An apple, apple, apple." Then they just say, "Apple." So they, there's a lot of evidence. They do it because it works, and and everything around us shows you it works. We're right now debating whether or not you know, children can pick their gender. How did we get here? This is this is something that you couldn't even fathom when we were in high school, that people would be saying like, your little boy could be a little girl, but we're here today and actual adults are believing this information because it's been said enough times to whatever segment of the population that they're accepting it as true. So they do it because it's been effective.
1: And that's why God is so important because God is a hard line that you cannot be crossed, this right? That's why you will not be libertarian. That's why I'll not be libertarian. You will not
2: be libertarian. <laughs> right. No, but if you have, if
1: you, if, yeah, it's true because if you have faith, then there's rights and wrongs. Like you said earlier, there's sin and there's good and there's a line that can't be crossed and the PSYOP is very difficult to penetrate. And that's mm-hmm. why in the Islamic world, for example, we have very little of these problems because it's Haram. Mm. Problem solved. <laughs> haram. <laughs> Next. But um, yeah, it's, 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 it's certainly scary. And I don't think people understand how evil absolute power will make a person. I don't think people understand how petty and how vindictive and how degenerate absolute power will make people. Hmm. I think there's a degree of naivety in the population when you talk about the Matrix and the people who are behind the media and they believe these people might be powerful people or rich people, but not necessarily bad people. Hmm. But unfortunately, I don't think they really truly understand the reality. I had a theory that I was arguing with somebody with, and I keep using COVID because it's a perfect example of the PSYOP. Everybody who once believed in COVID now no longer believes mostly all of them, which I find actually remarkable. Because when I talk about COVID now, in front of 20 people everyone's like yeah man that was garbage but during covid oh, yeah. <laughs> i couldn't find a single person who wouldn't wear the mask i was like oh i'm by myself i got arrested in germany me Tristan got arrested surrounded by mask wearers in handcuffs i'm like what the and i guarantee if i'll stand in front of those people now that i'll be like yeah covid was stupid it's, it's, <laughs> it's amazing how people want to flip and forget reality so i use covid because people were fully psyoped and now they're not psyoped and i'm trying to wake you people up to understand something about how garbage it all is. I'm trying my very best to make people understand that the people who make the news have no interest in you being informed. Mm -hmm. Why would they make the news and broadcast it to you everywhere for you, little Mr. Nobody to understand how the world works. Hmm. Why would they care about you knowing anything that's important ever?
2: We're not a slave if you if you're knowledgeable. And that's why I always say go back to when we had physical slavery in America, a requirement to maintain that was ensuring that slaves didn't learn how to read. That was exactly. part of the slave code. They weren't allowed to learn how to read. If you were right. caught teaching a slave how yep. to read, you you too, as a, a master, would would be fall victim, hmm. right? And that it was so important for them because they know that an educated mind can't be enslaved. Right. So the right. goal of the mainstream media is to keep people stupid. And it is why I think. That despite the fact that you admittedly say that you are not a conservative, and despite the fact that I don't think you're overtly political, none of that really matters. I think what matters now is what you will do with the platform that you have, what impact you will have.
1: Completely. And inspiring people to free think and to not believe all the slave programming which is told to them and to not just follow lockstep with the lies that are given to them. I think in and of itself makes you a conservative and to a degree makes you political. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. now that's how the divide exists. If you're teaching people to think for themselves and be strong people of agency and self-respect, then you're going to be on one side of the political Mm -hmm. spectrum. And if you're teaching people to be the absolute opposite, you're going to be on the other side. And by extension, I guess I am political and I am conservative just because I'm telling men to stand up and to be strong and to think for themselves. Mm -hmm. And that makes you resist to slave programming. And I like to believe that the conservatives themselves have resisted slave programming the most. Um, but yeah, it's it's a scary world we're now living in, where things that I'm saying, which were basically completely accepted by the entire population 15 years ago, are enough to make me the most hated man in the world. Hmm. But isn't that crazy? I think the things I'm saying are things that were widely accepted for a very long period of human time. I think they're the things that are still widely accepted in most of the world today. I think it's the decadence of the West that allow us to pretend these ideas and these realities don't exist. And I don't know how long we're going to last under this false... Reality. I don't know how long society can possibly function with the insanity that they're trying to purport on the population of the West. The fact that so many calories in the Western world, genuine calories from food and human time is wasted discussing pronouns and trying to get somebody's pronouns correct in a sentence that they've made up, which change at random. Think of the absolute insanity of that. And how long can a society actually function with that degree of decadence and absolute asinine behavior? I don't know how long Mm. it can even function anymore. I think the West is in a lot of trouble and it's almost like, especially certain talking points. And I find myself guilty of it as well. We talk about certain talking points, which are pushed to the front. And I kind of feel like they are a mass distraction. They have to be because they're so ridiculous. But the problem is people, there's a certain percentage of the population that genuinely believe them. I would love to live in a world where they try and push the idea that a man is a woman or that a man can change to a woman and then compete in women's sports without an advantage. I would love for them to try and push that idea and for everybody to go, this is stupid. Next. No. But because some people believe we have to now waste our time discussing and debunking the most obvious, hello, water is wet, we have to sit here and talk about the sky being blue for days and weeks and years almost at a time. Talk about the ultimate distraction tool by the matrix for them to sit there and go, you know what? Let's come up with some absolute garbage and let's throw it to the front. And the smart people will fight against it, but enough dummies will disagree with it. And that'll keep them distracted while we do something that matters. And we find my, I even find myself falling victim to it because it's so necessary because a certain subsect of the population is so dumb. That they believe it if people were all just a little bit less receptive to the slave programming everyone would stand up and say no you're gonna try harder than that next and we could discuss something that actually matters and this is the point i was going to say earlier about covid so covid i think a lot of people do not understand how petty and vindictive power can genuinely make somebody and i had an argument with a friend of my brother about two or three years ago during COVID when you had to wear a mask when you went in the restaurant and then you sat down, you took it off and then you ate and you put it back on to go to the toilet, you took it off. And I said, I hope you understand there is someone somewhere, some billionaire on a yacht who is doing this as a compliance exercise, as a joke. I know. As a joke. And he goes, why would you do all that just for a joke? because if you're in charge of the entire world and you have unlimited money, what's going to make you happy? A Ferrari? You've had Ferraris your whole life. Boring. All that you care about is power, compliance. It's all funny to you. It's vindictive. It's petty. Why not? You're in charge. For the same reason, if you're in charge of a big company, you're like, you know, I want you all in at 845 tomorrow. Why not? It's a power play. Ego, status, respect. All the things we're talking about earlier. These people are born into (laughs) massive influence. Money doesn't make them Uh, feel powerful they've never worked for anything in their lives now they have a little bit of control over you they're gonna make you do some dumb
2: so they can laugh at you i tell you it was a joke i say i say the same thing i'm like there's no way they're not just playing like simon says to see if we can they can actually make people abide by these things and people keep actually abiding by them there's no way that they're not sitting back laughing it's a joke they they must be laughing because it's it's so preposterous
1: and people don't understand that there are people in the world who have power, who are literally vindictive enough to just mess with the entire populace for a joke. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people understand when you look at the matrix as a whole and yeah, you talk about the media machine and how it's trying to push these ideas on you and the people behind it, the people behind it. Do not have any kind of genuine intention. Mm-hmm. Their intentions are absolutely and utterly selfish. They want to feel good and feel powerful no matter what it takes.
0: Hmm. So true. Very true. He made some great points here. Kind of evil and
1: scary that these people have a worldview, which is so logically flawed. It's so devoid of genuine rationale that they have to go to the most susceptible subsect of the population to inject
2: children, which is why you should get married. Because the guard against that is strong families. Is it? It is a nuclear family. It is a mom and a dad sitting around a dinner table saying, what did you learn at school? We'll say It's mom guarding at home, going through their homework and seeing what they're learning and saying, absolutely not. And it's dad going to work, building. And that nuclear family is the only guard against handing over your children to the government, which is why in the next five years, I just think you should get married.
1: The only guard except Islam.
2: What? No. I don't have
1: to worry about my children's homework. Thank you very much. It's all handled by God. And it's interesting <laughs> you said that though. It is a good point. And I think Matt Walsh actually said something about me having a, I have children from a few different women. I don't like to give details on it, but uh, so does Elon Musk. And I do think, although this may be elitist, I will state here that at a certain level of finance it's not the same crime as it would be if I was a traditionally financed individual. I can afford two or three families and I can afford to see them all. And I can afford to go to three countries in a single day on my jet if I need to. And I'm a very good father to all my children. I love them very much. And you're right. I completely agree with you. The nuclear family is the answer. My solution is not the solution for everyone. But the nuclear fancy family is the answer. I agree with you. But uh, Islam is also an answer.
2: Well, I don't know enough about the Islamic faith to be able to counter you on that point. But I do think that it, having all your children around the dinner table, brother, sister, rival, this is beautiful. Rival, rival, it? rival, it's, it's beautiful. Of course, I want that for you. Of
1: course, it's it's beautiful as well.
2: The Candace Owens podcast is supported by Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university with a vibrant campus in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, that's ranked top 20 in the country, according to Niche.com. GCU is a missional Christ-centered university that strives to foster a culture of community giving, and impact. GCU's goals is to help you develop into a servant leader who makes a difference through finding your purpose and fulfilling God's plan. With 330 academic programs and over 270 online as of June 2023, GCU integrates the free market system with a welcoming Christian worldview into your bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree. And you'll have support from your own university counselor who takes a personalized approach in helping you achieve your goals. So find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Okay. <laughs> but, sorry, I,
1: I, I'm not, I, I, I have to, we talk about Darwinism. I'll ask you another question because I'm very interested. Do you think abortion is Dar- Darwinism?
2: It's, it's an argument that can be made, right? Killing off your own offspring, it means that you're you're not putting your offspring into like, these people
1: with the sign yeah i killed 10 of my kids yeah. it's isn't that i mean it's evil it's yeah. satanic it shouldn't happen i'm not saying that it's a good thing i'm just asking is there a darwinistic element to all of this
2: That the earth will be populated with conservatives because their ideas, I mean, my husband always says the left is a death cult. If you look at all of their ideas, they lead to death, right? Mm -hmm. You can't procreate. You're killing off your own offspring. Every single one of their ideas leads to death and destruction. It's unbelievable. So in the end, you'd have to have perspective that conservatives went naturally because we're talking about.
1: If we own the culture. Yeah. But we don't. So what they're doing is they're they're using the culture to sigh off enough young children who are Mm -hmm. not living a traditionalistic life, like you're saying, or not having a strong family, uh, nuclear family to keep them against the slave programming. And they're using them to create the new generation of death cultists to continue to keep humanity under attack. But I don't know. I, I really struggle as a person. I try my very best to my father had a saying, which I use. I allow manipulation to find out where my enemy wants me to go. And then I use my mind to break the trap and punish the perpetrator. And the reason he said that mm. was because if you don't allow them to manipulate you, you don't know exactly where they want you to go. Mm-hmm. If they try to manipulate you and you absolutely notly resist, you might end up taking another path towards the same destination. So you should allow them to manipulate you. Watch the slave programming, mm. watch the propaganda, watch all of it. Find out what you want, them, what they want you to believe. And then you can use your mind to instantly break the trap. I did it in COVID. And when I first watched COVID, when I watched the Italian hospitals and people falling over in China, the very, very beginning of it, I sat there and thought, what do they want me to believe? They want me to be scared of this disease. They want me to be afraid. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not going to be afraid. So if I'm not afraid, what's the answer? Well, the answer is to go to which country Sweden's open. Nobody talks about the fact that Sweden was open the whole time, never closed ever. Me and in in nightclubs the entire time people were locked in their houses. Mm-hmm. Nobody talks about this. It's like no one mentions it anymore. But you have to use your mind to break the trap. And I feel like, I've tried to allow my mind to be psyoped into this transgender stuff or this abortion stuff. And even I can't even pretend to buy into it. I can't see how you can reach that level of delusion. And that's where I say, maybe it must be Darwinism because maybe even with all of my mental capacity, I can't even pretend to be stupid enough to want to go and Mm. chop my genitalia off to then imitate a woman, poorly imitate a woman for the rest of my human years. That literally sounds like a form of torture. That sounds like one of the worst existences ever. I feel sorry for anyone who's fallen for that because they're never going to be what they want to be ever. It's It's just like the worst possible existence. I just can't think of anything possibly worse. And I don't know, maybe there's a Darwinistic element to all of these things. If we can just control the culture and make sure that no future children are psyoped into the death cult, maybe it should all fall apart because people who truly are that susceptible. Me and my brother have a joke in the house. There's flies and mosquitoes in the house sometimes. Every time one of us kills a fly, we say, you've improved the gene pool because the slow one got killed. (laughs) (laughs) The fast one, he doesn't get killed. (laughs) So the fast one's gonna be here forever.
2: I want to think about that every time I kill a fly. Every time you
1: kill a fly, you're you're helping them get quicker. If you didn't, if we didn't kill flies all these millions of years, they would never be so elusive. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's a Darwinistic element. Maybe I'm just trying to feel better maybe, about this. Yeah,
2: maybe they're, they're they're so evil they've decided we're gonna kill off all of the people that are stupid. I I don't know. And then we'll be left with just strong, independent but then they, they can't control the strong independent people. So then you, you kind of you got you got a bit of a problem there.
1: I've got another question for you. <laughs> how polarized do you think the world is? Do you think there's two teams? Do you think the globalists control everything? Do you think there's three or four teams? What do you think about that?
2: I think it's probably now divided into two teams. Yeah, yeah, me too. Because now you have to find more in common. It's like, how crazy are you? We may have been divided into four, five, six, but now it's like, it's do two. you believe that children should chop their off? Right. Or yes, yes or no. Circle yes or no. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. That's where we're at because you have to be so far deluded to believe this. Yeah. And if you're just in some realm of sanity, we probably have enough in common that we should fight together. Right. Mm-hmm. Just because like they're going after the kids now. It's like and I think that is really where we got divided into two categories where it's like you're either pro going after the children or you're against going after the children. And it's remarkable how many people are pro. Letting them go after the children—it's—it's—it's kind of scary. But that's where I I think it's now pretty much two camps. It used to be more. I think so, also. And then within you, obviously, there's little battles, and 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 to me, they're meaningless. I think maybe I'm saying that because I'm a mom, and now so there's nothing more important to me than protecting children and worrying about what my children are going to face. I'm going to be the crazy mom when my kids are at school. I will be there every single day, looking over every amazing every assignment. Amazing, leaning fully into the feminine role of like, yeah. So I, but I I do think now it's come down to two camps. It's crazy and not crazy.
0: Yeah,
2: definitely. I wonder
1: what the future of the world is, Candace. I feel like I know everything and I talk like I know everything, but I'm actually starting to think things are getting Your dad
2: might've had an idea.
1: Yeah. I wish he was still around, but things are starting to get very, very strange. And yeah. And I, I guess also when we're talking about me, my libertarianism versus conservatism, I never, like, I would never allow my child to be aborted ever. I do think it's heinous and disgusting, but I will be honest with you. When I see people trying that hard to kill their kids, Mm. I'm kind of like, I'm not gonna lie. Maybe that's the libertarianism in me. Maybe, I don't know. But I'm just like, there's got to be a Darwinistic element to some of these things. I don't think they should happen. I would love to stop them all. I believe that all life is precious. I think it's heinous. I don't think that anyone should chop off any of their body parts either. But it does get to a point where it's just like, if you're that desperate Mm. to damage your own life and damage yourself? Am I the person who's going to fight for you? I don't know.
2: Well, these women are broken and they're brainwashed. And I like to think that if they hear the right message, something in the same way that I think a lot of broken men heard you say something and it woke something up inside of them. I think that they can land on my message and they can hear it and go, wait a second, that thing that was killed inside of me systematically from the school system and made me think that what it meant to be a woman was to be a whore because yep. that's kind of the message that's yep. going yeah. out right now 100%. To, to be a whore yep. and hate children yep. which is the opposite of what it means to be a woman Agreed. then when they hear something and I talk about how aspirational family is and something is or how much I love being a mother and right. and then I think inside of them this, something spiritual happens where they go wait a second I think that's actually what I am yeah mm-hmm. I've been conditioned to believe I'm this but actually this is what I am mm-hmm. so I'm I'm more hopeful that the more that we have better pillars in society that we have people speaking out on the opposite messaging that Hollywood is bringing on the, on the glory of being a woman on the beautiful of the yin and the yang on that submission in a marriage is not a bad thing. Actually, Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing. I agree. And these messages have been perverted that, where we make a difference, and I think we we know we're winning. No, we are. Now winning. they want censorship. Now yeah. they want the people taken off the internet. Now they want this person to go down, and Absolutely. that they weren't doing that when they were winning. They didn't care. We were allowed. Everybody was allowed to have a platform when Obama was president.
1: Completely true. <laughs> we are winning, and I just think it's an unfortunate of the human condition that people don't really like to learn lessons the easy way. They have to learn them the very hard way, and it's mm. very difficult for us to sometimes sit and tell people the truth and even. And they just don't want to learn it until it's too late. I like to think that these women who hold up these, I lost 10 babies. I killed 10 baby signs Mm. will one day wake up and feel very sad about what they've done. And And it's possible. And it's possible. And I think even time will show them. God will show them with time. I don't know how I'd talk someone out of the transgender argument. Like how would you convince someone who is, 100% 100% certain they want to mutilate their body to not mutilate mm. their body. I don't... That's the scary one a to me be because issue. their mind... And
2: that's also one that you can't really undo which you know? I think is sad which is why the suicide rates go up after yeah. transitioning I think is yeah. once you do it, it you've committed. But I've seen I've sat down with uh, a man that did that had the full surgery his name is Walt Heyer and he's, he's dedicated the rest of his life to waking up other t- Uh, that's the mm, most
1: noble thing you can do
2: yeah he's like you know this is what i did this is how i was convinced this is how i was brainwashed this is what happened to me i was actually just molested when i was a kid Mm -hmm. and i just wanted to get rid of my identity in any capacity so i did the most extreme thing that i could possibly do i platform those individuals and i think that he's he runs a not for profit now which you know sex change regret there's many people that are like him out there and yeah, it, it it's gonna take God, it's gonna take spiritualism, and it's going to take repurposing your entire life after you do something that extreme. Hmm. Hopefully just us having this conversation prevents people from making those sorts of very serious decisions. And you know, but this is why YouTube will try to censor this conversation. Okay. Oh, right? I mean, right, that's the whole it, point it, is my face, evil. my face is on it. You're in trouble. So <laughs> I'm gonna ask you a few more questions if you don't mind. My face is trouble too, I would just like to state.
1: Yeah. Of right, course, right. of course it is. why do you think marriage has reduced in the Western world? Why do you think Mm. less people are getting married than before?
2: Conditioning. It's all about social conditioning. And it's about uh, the feminist messaging. Going back to our conversation about the matriarchy, they've totally conditioned women to believe Mm -hmm. that marriage is a trap. Yeah. that you were going to be unhappy, that you were going to be sacrificing your freedom when in reality, I got more freedom than I ever had when I became married because I, I finally became a secure woman. Yeah. I knew mm-hmm. what my purpose in life was when I had children. Yeah. Everything else was so stupid and meaningless. How could you think you were going to find your purpose in the bottom of a Red Bull vodka at One Oak, Candace? You know what I mean? <laughs> How could you think that? Well, because that's what, that's what Hollywood told me. That's what I, I saw on MTV. Yeah. And I thought that was all aspiration. I look at those women, I think they're miserable. I look at these people that women that are are still finding their freedom. I say, find the number one feminist that, you know, and ask yourself a question. Do you think she's happy Mm -hmm. chasing her career? Do you think Chelsea Handler's happy? Never. Right. And the answer is no. And so I'm, I'm lucky that I got that wake up call. I'm blessed that I got married. I'm blessed that I have, you know, three children now with, with this one on the way. And the more that I can talk about how happy and fulfilled I am for the first time in my life. Right. Not when I was drinking and pretending to be happy, but for the first time, I actually am happy. And I got those things by finally realizing that the message that those things were going to constrain me was utterly false and was meant to put me
0: down a path of misery. Yes, because the feminist feminism is a lie and it's a scam. And like Candice Sh- said, it wants women to believe that they won't be happy being married or being in relationship or having children. It's just total, a total scam. A total scam. Do
1: you think, why do you think men are not getting married? That's women do you think men have something to do with it as same
2: well? thing mm-hmm. i think well first and foremost i think and i speak out on this m- women are not desirable right now everyone's a kim kardashian clone i asked you earlier what what don't men want and you said promiscuity well mm. that seems about the only thing that's being offered right now <laughs> right? Yeah. I, when i open my instagram and i've got butt cheeks and i'm going people are like i don't understand why I'm, no one wants to mar- this woman's been married four times i'm like well i can i can understand it because even if men think they want it in the short term when you see mm-hmm. a girl she's half naked she looks good yeah sure you probably do want to have have sex with her. I bet yeah. you're wired that way. You're yeah. hardwired that way. Yeah. But then what happens after you after you have sex with her and you realize that so did uh, twenty other dudes 100%. in the same week. You don't want her. Mm-hmm.
1: You nailed it. You yeah. Absolutely, nailed nailed. And this is where it's so we're in such a difficult. It's a race to the bottom with, between the two genders. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. As the women act worse, the men act worse men by, act by worse. extension. Yeah. <laughs> because if you're going to be moral in an immoral world, you're going to end up wrecked. Right. So it's getting harder and harder. So we have to kind of like fix one of the genders first.
2: Women. And, women aren't desirable right now as uh, in the Western you know, Hemisphere as a whole. Um, And of course... Finding a wife is hard. Finding a wife is hard. And it's because women are literally being conditioned to behave like sluts.
1: Completely. And they're also being conditioned to leave the man as soon as things get difficult. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of programming in this. I don't think even many people pick up on, but women are conditioned to act a certain way before marriage, but also during marriage... Men and women are conditioned differently. If you have a man who's been married for 10 or 15 years, and let's say he doesn't sleep with his woman anymore, and he goes on TV and says, me and my woman have been married for 15 years, we no longer have sex, I'm not satisfied, I should leave. Everyone will say to him, no, you can't leave, mm-hmm. you can't leave her just because she won't have sex with you, are you out of your mind, are you crazy, stick by your woman, she mm-hmm. has an emotional problem, etc." If you had a woman who said, I've been married for 15 years. I've been with him. I'm not attracted anymore. I don't have sex with him anymore. You deserve freedom. You can go get someone else. Why are you putting up with this? His his feelings aren't your responsibility. So it's actually very interesting. Also, the PSYOP happens post-marriage. Women are also Mm -hmm. attacked post-marriage to not try, not stick around, not worry about their husband's needs.
2: Speaking to your point, one thing I speak to the young women that follow me about is making an effort after you get married. This idea, I, I was reading this ridiculous column, Ask Jane where a guy was writing in or in, in earnest saying, you know, I love my wife. She's a wonderful uh, mother to our children. We've been married. Uh, she had one child two two years later, she gained 50 pounds and hasn't lost it. Yeah. And the Jane wrote back to him and yelled at him for saying, he's like, he's like, I'm not attracted to her anymore. I yeah. don't want to yeah. just yelled at him for even saying this. And I'm going, no, this is the, why are you yelling at him for being honest? The idea that marriage is a finish line, is problematic yep. that oh well I got the guy I pretended that I like to work out and go to the gym and now that I've got him I'm going to gain two hundred pounds and he's just stuck with me. Yep. That is a poisonous mentality. You it should is. make an effort for your husband. Exactly. Uh, part of that's part of marriage is caring about each other, caring about each other's health. Health is wealth. So it's even that is toxicity to say to a woman well to say to a man well you just have to like her anyways if yep. she's three hundred pounds and it doesn't in- care it. anymore and sits on the couch all day that that's not what marriage is really about.
1: Completely agree. And I think everything in life is rented. I don't think anything is ever owned. I think that your health is rented and you have to pay the rent every day and your marriage is rented and you have to work on your marriage every day and your business is rented and everything you have is rented. I think the idea that even owning anything or anything is a finish line is wrong. You don't just start a company and go, okay, I'm rich now. No, you got to work on that company every day. It's rented. You don't just get in shape and go, I'm in shape. Now it's done. No, absolutely. Everything's the same. And a relationship is, is exactly the same. And I completely agree with you. I think that the breakdown of the nuclear family and the breakdown of marriage in the West is actually one of the ills and one of the big problems with it. Mm -hmm. I am not married myself, so I'm not being completely, I don't want to come across as hypocritical, but I do think that is actually a a fast way to a degree to solve a lot of problems in society. I do think though, in the current setup of society, I think the reason a lot of men are also rejecting marriage is one, because there's not many wives to find, but two, I think, a lot of men find themselves very unhappy in marriage because the women have no interest at all in satisfying them like you said there're no interest at yeah. all in, in their needs and they end up scared of divorcing her cuz they're going to be bankrupt mm-hmm. in a marriage where they don't feel respected kids don't listen to them And they're not the king of their own household. So what would be the attraction in Mm -hmm. getting married unless you're going to be the king of your own household? And that can be extrapolated and discussed in two different ways. One about feminine uh, submissiveness, but also about masculine accountability and excellence. Because I think if you're truly an excellent man, you can be the king of any household. So it's very interesting. It's kind of interesting how all arguments come back to almost the same base biological Mm -hmm. things. And you teach women to be good women, you teach men to be good men, and everything kind of works out after that. And if you break those two things, everything built on top of it completely degrades and breaks down. Because even all the other things we've discussed, we discussed how masculinity would have prevented a lot of the COVID crisis. We can talk about how genuine masculinity or a good nuclear family, and anti-propagandist dinner table can prevent a lot of this transgender insanity. There's a whole so many things can be fixed with a man being a man and a woman being a woman. It's like the <laughs> ultimate what
2: yeah. I always say, and it's so natural defining the roles in the household. So, like me, I had to sit down, and it it just was. I had a natural proclivity to do certain things. Yeah. I, I always give the greatest example: the, when a baby is born, the men don't know what to do for the first. You, you just need your your girls. You know, the, they they just are, mom, what do I do? And I remember like every thinking about every diaper size transitioning what clothes he needed what onesies all of the stuff george not there we're not there i think georgie must have been that's my son's name georgie must have been two months old and i said something to i don't even know what i said to george but i had realized that george had already opened his college account truck like things that i want to tell you my brain (laughs) was no i was just like where are you? Yep. Where are, I'm sitting, here thinking about the day to day. He's thinking about his future. I, I don't no. even know when I would have. I think still to this day, George is now two and a half. I still would not have opened an account for him. It just is not where my brain was. 100%. And so I just I love telling that story because it just speaks to how different. Yeah. I, I'm like, did you try to feed him? He's like, I don't know why he's crying. I'm like, have you tried giving him food? <laughs> and then he's like, well, oh, I've already sorted out this his bank counted us So when he turns eighteen. So I'm like, where are you? Yeah. Men and women are different. It's beautiful. Those differences are beautiful. Absolutely. The sex sex differences are a beautiful. Yeah thing our our instincts so are God beautiful yep. and we need to stop shunning them in this society I, I love being a woman i love that my husband's a man we shouldn't be making someone feel badly about being a woman we shouldn't make someone feel badly about being a man
1: well absolutely and i if if i had to be pessimistic about why they're doing it pessimistic and also very realistic they want to cause absolute chaos and confusion because during yeah. chaos and confusion you can implement anything of course yeah. slavery It's slavery right people will give up their freedom for only one thing and that's safety. Mm
2: -hmm. So they have
1: to inject chaos and they have to inject confusion and they want us confused at every level. At every base level, they want you confused. They want you confused about why your kid doesn't listen to you, why your marriage doesn't work, why you're broke, why they want you confused from the ground Mm -hmm. all the way up. So you're just confused. So when they come along with some sort of solution, no matter what garbage it is, you end up just adopting it because you're sick and you need a medicine. So absolutely they attack masculinity and femininity because it works so perfectly together. And if they can break that, they can break all of society by extension. And I think they've done a pretty good job of doing exactly that. And it's amazing. If you look at these ideas we discuss and how ridiculous they are and how I feel like it's a psyop to even convince me to waste my time convincing people that a man (laughs) is not a woman it's done on purpose because they have the world. So confused now they can come at us with absolute garbage and it needs a discussion. If we had the basis of masculinity and femininity in the household, how much harder would the transgender argument be to implement? Mm. Think about it. Well, she's a woman, I'm a man. No. But now they've got people thinking we're all the same. It doesn't matter. Gender is not real. All this craziness because of the breakdown of the basics. So this is why perhaps they see you as such a threat and they see me as such a threat and they see us as such a threat because we've just stuck to the age-old adages and the age-old ways that people have always been. And I do think that one of the reasons why they dislike me so much is because, yeah, I I certainly live a teenage boy's dream. But if you want to inspire the next generation, how else are you going to do it, right? You have to have the fancy car and the big yacht and all these things. And, And by inspiring these men to stand up and think for themselves and resist the slave mind, it's doing genuine damage to their slave agenda. Genuine damage to their slave agenda. And I think that that's why I especially ended up targeted. I truly believe that's what's
2: happening. I think there is an element of it that it's you, you've captivated young men, and that is a very important demographic in order to sustain um, an enslaved population. Is you, you need to poison men, and I think I that that is true. So, in closing, other than the fact that we've agreed that you're going to get married in the next five years. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I get four wives. No, <laughs> no, no, not four wives, just one monogamous relationship. Okay. What does Andrew Tate's life look like in the next five years? You've, you've built your audience. You did it with your own grit and determination. There are people following you. I hope that if there's anything I leave you with, it's that in those moments when you were sitting across with someone like Adam 22, you remember that there's the 12-year-old and the 13-year-old boy that is going to be watching you. And I I'm think sorry. you did a good job, by the way. I think you said that you didn't like it, and that Thank was important you. enough what is what does the next five years look like for you
1: yeah i want to do my absolute best i i had someone say to me the other day that i'm the richest man in the world and not because of my finances but because i actually have people whose lives i save and help and i get a lot of people out there who genuinely feel a lot better because of me and i try my very best to tell the truth and live true to my heart and i i live with my brother and i've got a lovely family and i feel like i've got everything almost ticked off and my plans for the future are primarily to continue to tell the truth i think that we're now winning. I think there's been a pendulum that swung and people Mm -hmm. are tired of insanity and they're tired of being lied to. I like the idea of young boys who follow me just doing even one of the tenants I teach. If you want to just work hard in the gym and become a fantastic financial uh, physical condition, or if you want to get financially secure, just one of the tenants I teach can genuinely improve people's lives. I like the idea of that. And I want to have 10 sons. Mm. And I need to make sure that all 10 are Andrew Tate, four, five, six, I'm the third, seven, eight, nine, all the (laughs) way up. And I have to make sure that the next generation are being produced and they have to be strong enough to deal with a Romanian jail cell and deal with a matrix attack. (laughs) So it's going to be a very difficult upbringing and I'm going to make sure that I'm very dedicated and focused on creating the next generation of super soldiers to resist enslavement. So my plans for the future are pretty simple. I'm going to continue to tell the truth. I'm going to live true to myself, true to God. I really appreciate the audience he's given me. And I know that I have a massive responsibility. It makes me a better person. I'm going to be the best person I know how to be. And I'm going to have 10 Andrew Tate's. That's my goal. (laughs) That's the plan.
2: Well, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. If you thought one Andrew Tate was bad, you've got (laughs) 10 more coming at you in the near future. Andrew, thank you so much for taking all this time. Such a good conversation. Thank
0: you. (laughs) There you have it. Oh, my goodness. This was amazing. I just really enjoyed this. Oh, wow. This was good, 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 and I really appreciate that Andrew cleared the air again for the hundredth time about what his case and uh, the merit of the case that he's been, you know, subjected to, and what that's about, and what is not, what is not about. So to clear the confusion and the the um, exaggeration of the details. So I hope that this interview the time that we spent together here um has also cleared cleared the air for you and that you've come away from this this conversation between candace owens and andrew tate with some wisdom nuggets and seeing a different side of andrew tate and right really to me personally he's someone to that really always dropped wisdom bombs or, you know wisdom nuggets of wisdom and he is definitely someone that is in net positive for the world. Now, a couple of things that I, some wisdom um, nuggets that I came away with, is that men are constantly looking for respect. Men don't want a woman who is promiscuous. Like I said, men value fidelity and um, fidelity and purity. Uh, what you put on social media will follow you for the rest of your life, whether it's positive or negative. And as a man, you are not safe. You are not safe in this current, this current society, the way things are headed, the way it's um, you know, the plot and the the plans and the schemes to really sabotage men and masculinity, you're not safe. And finally, educated mind can never be enslaved. So I would love for you to share your wisdom of nuggets of wisdom that you've come away from this interview and this conversation between the two of them. Share with me in the comments below. And until next time, remember, take care and bye for now.